Hey, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Hey, Q, how's it going? Oh, not bad, bro. How you doing? Yeah, not bad. Uh, I did not get a chance to promote this beforehand. It was um, pretty slammed. So not sure what kind of turnout we're going to get, but you guys can definitely help in the audience by sharing this with people, uh, tweeting it out. This app has a share button, so it's really easy to do. You don't have to be particularly clever and, you know, write any great pitch. Just um, help us out by sharing it with uh, your friends and share it on your socials. And yeah, we're going to talk about this wonderful, wonderful show that really turned me around the second half. It was uh, really, I've never seen a show just really turn it around the way this one this one did, and I think it was wait, wait, better wait, 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 than. What? Yeah, I mean, I think it was better than Empire Strikes Back. I think it was uh, pretty good. I think it. Man, really... stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop right now! I know this is a bit, but please don't. All right, like it was. <laughs> this was one of the roughest. The thing is, like, I'm actually, I'm an actual Star Wars fan, right? Like, have yeah. you read all of the comic books? No. So, so, what what you're saying is you're you're misogyn Morris. You're you you black <laughs> women. Actually, no. I, I, if anything, I'm, I'm more upset with them putting the kind of responsibility on the shoulders of. Um, I'm sorry. What is her uh, name again? The lady who played Riva Moses. Oh, oh, oh my God! You're 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 erasing the real lady and the uh, Moses Ingram. Oh my God, Moses Ingram. That's right. Well, listen. Like she hadn't had any major roles before this. All right. So how am I supposed to? No, no, no it's true. Oh, oh, oh. By by the way, I owe you an apology. I was saying that I don't think. She was probably a bad actress, but that she just had bad mm-hmm. material, and the material mm-hmm. wasn't bad. But I didn't realize she was the uh, black girl from uh, Queen's Gambit, and once I realized that, I realized, oh well, yeah, she actually the material she was is a bad, bad actress. But, yeah. yeah, she is a bad actress because, uh, like, okay, I I, I got to tell you, I hate fan casting, and I hate casting for the fans. So, like, fan casting is when, you know, okay, fan casting is, like, how Christian Bale got uh, chosen to be Batman, right? Like, um, or, like, or, like, the guy from The Office being chosen for uh, Mr. Fantastic, which I thought is like one of the worst yeah, miscasting yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ever. Oh, that was, a, that was a, as a matter of fact, the dude that was playing uh, playing Black Bolt, who also plays the captain on um, uh, Star Trek, what was it, the, the new show? Um, oh, oh! I don't watch those. He things, plays. I, 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 I he know plays Captain Blake. Is, is, is it, it's is it Brave, though. New, Brave actually, New World? Is it Brave New World? Or but but anyway, it's an actually it's actually a good show. I actually do like it. Um, I don't mean not everyone agrees with me, but I can actually sit down and, and enjoy watching it. I mean, every so often, there's always one part of the episode, like per episode, that's cringe, but the rest of it is actually pure, pretty solid. But like, still trying to say that uh, um, the dude that that played Black Bolt, who also plays Captain Pike. He would have made a much better Mr. Fantastic. But yeah, so like fan casting is just when like all the fans want to see somebody cast into a particular role and then the <laughs> casting, the director or the casting uh, producer is just like, ah, oh, yeah, sure, we're going to go ahead with it. So that's how, mm. sometimes it works know, Christian Bale as Batman, but. Yeah, I know you have a point that, that, that you want to get to with the fan casting, so I don't want to derail you too much, but I just want to say, <laughs> I saw the clip from, uh, I saw the clip from uh, Doctor Strange and he really played Mr. Fantastic just like Jim from The Office. <laughs> just with the beard. I've never seen anything like that. And I'm like, he just, this was the smartest man uh, in the galaxy. He was playing him like Jim from, from The Office. He, he just stood that there Dwight. And, he stood there and let yeah. himself just get wrecked. He didn't do anything. Yeah. He had no emoting, no gravitas. 
in you know not the smartest man in the world. He, he, he just seemed like Dwight came into the, came in from the office, and he yeah. was like slightly um, annoyed. That's all I'm gonna say. Please get back to your point. I was gonna say that. But, but I mean, that that's, was really that's funny. Like the, no, he that's he's like the male. Um, he's like the male Brie Larson. Like he doesn't yeah. really have any other range besides that. Um, yeah. But like so. So casting for fans is different. So like the fans weren't necessarily demanding it because who even knew that Reva was a character that was going to be on the show, but because of the positive reception that she got for Queen's Gambit and like, like she, you know, she was not good in Queen's Gambit, but people seemed to like her. So it's like, Hey, let's, let's cast her here. Like she's got a bit of a following. So it's like, they're basically pandering to people who liked an actor in a particular film. Um, yeah. They're casting for the, Twitter, casting for the fans. Casting yeah. for the fans is basically like, sometimes it works, like I said, like, so fan casting can work like Christian Bale in Batman, and sometimes it does the exact opposite, like uh, Jim Halpert in <laughs> in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Casting for fans... I mean, I mean I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest, people say there's good fan casting because they like the movies, but was, was Christian Bale even that great a fan cast? He's, he's like the Cookie Monster. I think... Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you gotta... <laughs> like, what is that? How's that gonna save Gotham? Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm not the Gotham that we need, but I'm the, the man that needs Gotham. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. That, that's Batman. But, no, but you're you're reducing him down to the funny voice, but he actually was a good Bruce Wayne, and he was a good Batman, aside from the... Like, maybe, um, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, my God. How am I gonna forget his name? The director. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan, you know, maybe he didn't think of the voice modulation that um, that that they used for Batman versus Superman. So maybe he, just hadn't of, thought it, it. It, it, he, yeah. he already has a voice. If you ever see his opening scene in uh, in uh, American Psycho, uh, where he's like in a, in the shower. I mean, if he did that voice, you know, when he's in like thinking his killer thoughts, yeah. I, think, I think that yeah, would have worked. The, but it it actually is it actually is. Um, with the comics, not maybe with the TV, like the the TV shows or the the cartoon, like Batman the Animated Series, but it is actually um, in sync with the comics because comic book Batman did have a like he did put on a deliberately raspy voice, so maybe that was just his interpretation of it. But probably no, it was definitely his interpretation. Was... I blame Christopher Nolan because he should have been like, listen, stop that. But maybe he thought he's gonna do one of those raging on the set things. Maybe he heard that audio. Him raging on the set is like, oh, this motherfucker. If I tell him anything, he's gonna start raging on the set. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he he saw the dailies and say, you know what? Are this you a working. professional or are you not? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I get all that. But what I'm trying to say here is, if you'll actually let me get through my point, oh, I'm sorry. sometimes sorry, fan... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Sometimes fan casting works. Sometimes fan casting doesn't. Sometimes casting for fans works. I would say like Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool, right? Yeah. Or like. Sorry, Ryan Reynolds in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which then led to Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. I would say that that's casting for fans that works, right? He's got a fairly, like, healthy fan base. People like him. He is he is actually, like, a funny actor. Um, but he can also, like, bring the physicality to the role. So I thought he was a perfect choice, even if I don't necessarily like the Deadpool movies. And then there's casting for fans that doesn't work, which is Reva in or uh, Moses Ingram as Reva. Like, this wasn't this was never going to work. Like the, the material that she was given was bad, but also she's not strong enough of an actress to take bad material and turn it into something good. Like, uh, like the opposite of that would be um, Max Shrek as played by, okay, come on, work with me here. Sorry. My, my brain is like full of Swiss cheese today. Uh, 
I can't remember who Max Shrek is. Max Shrek from the uh, from Batman Returns, the second, the second Batman. Oh, Batman Christopher movie. Walken. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Christopher Walken is Max Shrek. You know, he he took material that I mean we can admit it, his material was not that good, but he made a very memorable character out of it. Right, and he has a propensity for that. He'll take material that is very thin gruel and then he'll turn it into something amazing. Right. But you need a really good, you, know, you, need, you need a strong actor that can just chew up the screen to do that. And Moses Ingram, maybe she's just too new. Like she can't do that. She doesn't have, she doesn't have the presence. She is the most, she's just, she's just kind of bland to like, like, like she just has this kind of, she just looks annoyed all the time. Uh, like, sassy. She looks, she, no, I'll she's tell you exactly. No, sassy, don't, say, yeah. don't say sassy. I don't think that it describes it. She always okay. she she perpetually looks like she's just smelt somebody else's fart. Yeah, yeah. Like she's always not... she's always annoyed looking, and it's like that's I know that's for some people that passes as like intimidating and domineering, but it's just it looks petulant. You know what I mean? Um, I love the word is sassy, maybe spunky. She she has this thing too, like she's always pissed off, but she also has this thing where she will speak up for herself, but. It ends up being, you know, like, I think she thinks it's uh, spunky or self-assured. You know, like, like what you call the kid girl, call the girl cracker in um, in um, Queen's Gambit or saying, yeah, I'm not your, basically the fact that I'm not your magic Negro or whatever, even though she basically acts like a magic Negro. Like, they thought just having to say the words, she wasn't a, like a magic Negro. And they proceed to act like a magic Negro, automatically, like, invalidate, you know, what the Trump that she was doing, but she did it here too. When she's like, uh, "You're not gonna take the credit," but it's like, you're right. I shouldn't call it sassy because she didn't have the energy to deliver sassy. But I think she wants it to be something. Uh, defiant, yeah, sassy is funky, like sassy, sassy is... but she doesn't have the fluctuation of voice or mood or inflection to actually. Sassy is like Octavia Butler or any role that Loretta Devine has ever done. That's sassy, but the, hers, yeah. her thing is not sassy. Hers is like. Maybe Regal, yeah. but maybe she goes for what Viola Davis goes for when Viola Davis is speaking her mind. But she wasn't achieving that either. Like she's so kind of monotone that it's kind of hard to know what she was actually going for in her head. But I, I don't need, oh, man. Oh God, uh, I really feel bad saying this, but a thought just popped into my head, and it is um, when you when you get the Janelle Monae you ordered from Wish. The, the Janelle one that you ordered from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh really, my God! You're right, really and, and, and and the real Janelle one is kind of annoying. I mean, beautiful, beautiful woman, but she's oh no, really she's annoying, like so, she yeah. is one of those like she's one like she's like top ten annoying actresses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, be, be, being a bad Janelle Janelle Monae is pretty terrible. Hey, hey, North, uh, we can jump right into it. So if you want, if you want to unmute and weigh in, and don't feel, you know. Uh, like you can't love the show if you're if you're a Kenobi lover, uh, come out the closet. Let us know. Oh wait, somehow we lost. Somehow now, how lost did that happen? I don't Bring know. Somehow we lost. The, somehow we lost the caller, and you ended up in the in the queue. Oh yes, that I don't know weird. what happened. What was the caller's name again? I want to see if I can... Oh, oh North. North. Yeah, North. in North, I see you're in the audience. I have no idea what happened there, but feel free to try again. Let's see if we can make it work again. Do you want to...
Is there a way I can invite him? Oh, well. uh, yeah, you, can, you, you have the speaker. You have the speaker because uh, I'm, I'm not even a moderator. I'm just a I'm just a speaker. I'm not even a co-host. I got demoted. Yeah, but but you can actually like tap on his uh, on his icon and um, it'll give you the and option I'm... to invite it, invite him into the queue. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but on my screen, uh, he or she just disappeared. So I don't know. If they're okay. still showing on you on yours, but I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he just got fed up with uh. Oh. No worries. Yeah, with our with our ramp. Maybe yeah, because we were like bagging on uh on Moses Ingram too much. So, you know, he was here to defend her honor and then he had to like forget it. I don't want to talk to y'all. Um okay, so can we talk about the can we just talk about the plot, like the last two episodes? Here's what uh, made me okay. Very generous to call what that thing had a plot. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, the last two episodes made me so angry because like I saw brief brief flashes and glimpses of what the show could have been, and it just like it's like so you like you had the spark like you had some basic material to work with and you squandered it all i'm thinking of like the fight between um reva and darth vader right now do i think at any point in the show reva should have actually had a battle with darth vader no i don't think so because an actual battle with darth vader would have to mean that she dies like that wasn't Darth Vader. That was um, a paycheck for Hayden Christensen, right? So Hayden, <laughs> Hayden Christensen's paycheck, uh, you know, left Reva alive. And I'm sorry, that's just not what Darth Vader does. He doesn't let his opponents live. The, the funny thing is, right, is that there's a flip side to that with this that makes the fact that he didn't kill her extra stupid, right? This Darth Vader both kills too much and too easily, and then too little. As well as yeah, he just little. kills a bunch of civilians, which is again something that he doesn't do. Like, at what point yeah. in in the entire Star Wars series did you see Darth Vader just killing civilians for the for the sake of doing it? it yeah, no, I mean, if he if it's if he sees you as a threat or an enemy, he removes you. And if you're not a threat, he it's like you don't even exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a planet that was blowing up, but that was to like prove a prove a point, right? But but like like he, he didn't just like for for glee or sport you know it, yeah it, he's it not was, a, he's not a sadist by any stretch like in in his own twisted logic like he's do he does what he does for the purpose of maintaining order stability um, peace so in from his perspective it's like his actions are taken to save more people than would die if order was lost so he's not a sadist that just like walks around killing people so the part where um, he goes down to the planet where Obi-Wan and um, Indira Varma, I don't remember her character's name, but like the, the planet where they were hiding. And then he just like, he, he's like, well, where is Obi-Wan? Of course, nobody knows where Obi-Wan is. Like they aren't all like in on the, the plot to, to hide Obi-Wan. So it's pretty obvious that like your random civilian would have no idea, who, like, maybe even who he is, but where he is, they wouldn't know because nobody, they're not just going to like tell the entire planet. So it's, it should be pretty obvious that it's a, it's a secret. Now, if he's thinking, okay, Obi Wan is watching me right now, and the more civilians I kill, he will come out. Uh, he will come out sooner. Again, that also doesn't make any sense because if you're stronger than Reva as far as force manipulation, I mean, he, he's far stronger than Reva, and we'll get to the power scaling on that in a second. But if you're stronger than Reva on force manipulation, I would also have to assume that you're stronger on Reva in being able to extract information from people. Um, without having to torture them into it, like just using your force powers to, to pull people's thoughts out of their head. So if that's the case, why are you killing random civilians when you can take the easier route if they know where he's being hidden, just 
force extract the thoughts out of their head. So it's like, again, but, to, to but, Vader, but you're, you're, either, even, you're either a threat or, yeah. They weren't even consistent with that because there were times where uh, Reva can use the force to, like, read people's mind, which I'm not even sure. I'm not as versed in Star just, Wars she, as Yeah, she either does it or she doesn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Owen and, and on the planet, she doesn't do it. She's cutting off hands to get people to talk and staring down Owen. And all she had to do is she had that power that she revealed later on with um, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Then when she has yeah. Owen dead to rights, for some odd reason, she just singles out the one guy who happens to have Luke Skywalker and know where Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi is. All the people just happens to... And she doesn't do the mind extraction on him. She just tries to, like, um, bully him uh, with words. Then later on, she um, reveals this power. She can read minds. It's like, okay, wait a minute. So you're just conveniently using it when it's, like, it doesn't going to destroy the plot. But, you know, at a, at a point when using it would just end the whole show, you somehow don't use it. And then also, she doesn't capture or kill <laughs> Kumail Nanjiani. Like, Kumail Nanjiani just admitted that he sense um obi like just find out from kumar Najian nanji that he sent obi-wan somewhere and you don't have him arrested you, you just let him go you just let him go free and yeah. you're doing all this stuff to try to figure out where you cut off somebody's hand obi-wan. on the bear you cut off somebody's hand on the bare possibility that obi-wan kenobi could be anywhere on the entire planet but the person who knows where obi-wan kenobi is and where he's going you just let him walk away but like, and, and, okay, so, so and the guy on, ended on, up on, knowing. Let me let me mm-hmm. let me get to the inconsistency part. So like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to say like there were brief glimpses where you saw what the show could have been, and it's in the fight that shouldn't have happened, which is Reva versus um, Darth Vader. Now, I thought that fight scene was actually fairly well choreographed. Like you saw, like there were complete differences in fighting style. Like, so Anakin's fighting style in the prequels was a lot more like uh ornate and flashy like he was uh you know he was really sick with like you know dual wielding the lightsabers and a lot of he, he had a lot of wasted movement but his movement also seemed to have a purpose to it right so it was, it was to like put his opponent off guard um and, and like master yoda is probably like the best one at that but as darth vader he's like he's tall he's imposing he doesn't really have to waste any movement whatsoever plus i'm assuming that his like cybernetic body doesn't allow him to be as agile and flexible as he used to be. So for him, it's like wasting as little movement as possible. And then for Reva, her style is actually like something that I haven't seen from a lightsaber user before, where she's like attacking from different angles. Like she's crouching, she's like sliding across the floor. She's blocking from like, she's blocking from awkward angles. So I thought that was, what are you doing over there? Oh, it's making noise. Can you hear it? Okay. Yeah, I can hear everything. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I was, I, was, I was putting ice into a, into a glass. Hold on. Okay. It sounded like you put your microphone in the glass and then sort of put the ice in. But anyway, but yeah, she was like, she's blocking from like oblique angles and everything. And it's like, that's, that's what she should have been doing with somebody else that posed a threat to her as Grand Inquisitor or Third Sister or whatever. Like, you could have showed her skills off elsewhere, but because you can't like contain yourself from trying to show how great she is, by showing that she can survive a fight with Darth Vader, you have her fight Darth Vader, where from a storytelling standpoint, that fight absolutely should not have happened. Because then what, what okay, so here's what just happened before that. A, uh, a ship, like a cargo ship, was flying away with Obi-Wan and company in tow, or at least that's what Darth Vader thought. And 
he was able to, with the power of his force, stop the ship from like from uh, from escaping into orbit. He stopped the ship mid-flight and brought it crashing back down to the Earth. In the original series, Darth Vader was not capable of any such feats with the Force. Like, I don't think I don't anybody. Know. I don't think anybody was that. I mean, once you're doing that, you're so it's like, like if uh, you can do that, if you can do that, then why is it that when Lando Calrissian is sorry, not Lando, when Lando Calrissian betrays Han Solo and Han pulls out a blaster and he starts firing at Darth Vader, and you see Darth Vader put his hand out and the the blaster um, beam makes contact with his hand. It's like no, so. You okay? So in the sequels, they were able to scale Kylo Ren up to the point where he could stop a blaster, stop blaster fire in midair, which is something that Darth Vader couldn't do. But now Darth Vader can he he trumps that by being able to stop a, sh- a ship mid-flight and carry it back down to Earth and rip the entire site off of it with his force power. It's like so now your scaling is completely fucked up because you have no respect for the original series. So I'm saying that like there were moments, there were like glimpses of okay. There's something to work with in this story, and you at least know how to choreograph a fight scene, which is something that we hadn't seen all the way up until this point. Like there were there were no well choreographed fight scenes up until Reva versus Vader, but then you just descend back into stupidity, and that's what makes me even angrier. Is that you had the ability to do these things, you were just too lazy to put it together in a way that made sense for the viewer. Uh, the other thing too with the whole ship thing that's kind of funny, right? But first off, once you can do that, once you have like X Men Omega level mutant type powers for the Jedi. Why even have the swords? <laughs> like, yeah, what are they? Right. <laughs> if he can stop, if he can I mean, stop a light, if he can stop a lightsaber swing mid swing, then what is the point of even using the lightsaber? Why not just use your for- the force to like blow up your opponent's head? I, I mean, I mean, if you can, if you can rip apart ships, just just rend your opponent's body like limb limb from limb, like like it's uh. But, but you know what I like about that? Uh, someone in the chat said um. Star Killer did that force unleashed. To me, that stuff doesn't count because it's not a movie. Because like, I, I, yeah, I, exactly. Like uh, again, like I'm not playing all the video games. I'm not reading all the comic books. I've read some of the novels, but I'm I'm just not going through all of that just to keep track of like how like how power scales in the Star Wars universe. Because if you're watching a movie, the movie should be internally consistent. If you're watching a TV series, the TV series should be internally consistent. And if you're watching a TV series that's a spinoff of a movie, then the TV series should be internally consistent with the movie. But if me being able to keep up with how all of this stuff works requires me to do a shit ton of extra homework, it's no longer entertainment. I'm no longer even consuming something passively. You're making me as an audience member work to understand your universe. And at that point, it's no longer entertainment. Well, well, well for me, that stuff doesn't even count anyway. Because, I mean, it, it, it just doesn't count. Uh yeah. George Lucas said it didn't count. Like, yeah. like, like, like yeah. people blamed, uh, p- people blamed Disney for making that stuff non-canon. But George Lucas always said that extended universe stuff is not canon. He says that the canon is always being just in six movies, and he he lets those people do what they want. But to him, it's an alternate universe. And when he writes, that's why he himself, when he made the prequels, would um, end up contradicting a lot of this stuff um, in that he he never took that stuff to be real and he used, he used to um in fact I'll, I'll share something in the in the chat yeah uh, it's, like saying, that, it's like saying it's like saying that like you know the package on the back of the star wars toy um said something that is supposed to be canon and it's like well i didn't fucking buy the toy so what do you want from me yeah and and, and also it just basically doesn't doesn't count like even before disney um um decommissioned yeah, it yeah, it yeah. was never 
real. He, he, he always said that was an alternate universe. He doesn't care what those guys do. He doesn't read it. He, all that counts to him is his, is his is his movies. And and there's so many things in the movies that would not work if he was able, or force people were able to pull down uh Nothing, ships. nothing so, in the, no. If he was able to do that, then why was he a, why was he a, a TIE Defender pilot? Why? Why? Like why, why was why was he fly, why was he flying like why was he flying a tie fighter in the first? Is it a tie fighter or a tie defender that he flies? But yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. But like, why is he doing that? Maybe the maybe what he ought to be doing like he doesn't need to use the blasters if he's in an imperial uh, uh, warship. He should just be able to fly around and then like I don't know like put out a force dragnet of all of the rebel craft that's in his path and just smash them all together. Like Doctor Manhattan disassembling and reassembling the tank into like a big ball of steel. You know what I mean? But but it doesn't even make sense consistently within the same scene because I like how he just tears one ship to the floor and down, and then the other ship leaves. Rip, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm too I'm too tired to do it a second time. I'm good. Uh, I'm gonna chill. <laughs> like he had plenty of time to do it. Like did they know somehow that he only could do it once a day like like why would they yeah. even it wasn't like they even right like, was he like the witcher like he, he didn't drink he didn't drink his uh he didn't drink his potions like the witcher you know and so like his 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 mp was too low i don't know bro uh it's <laughs> he just stood there and just watched him fly away it wasn't like while he was distracted doing the first one they jetted out before he could see it they let him finish destroying the first one totally so he could have just done it like it made no sense to have the decoy thing if you were going to let him fully destroy the first one before he even tried to take off so yeah it made no it made no sense to me at all so many things make no sense like um hayden christensen i i, I like that i'm glad that they wanted to put him in the suit but the original uh body double for the original body actor for um star wars was like a bodybuilder who was like Six eight, six ten, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the reason and, that he didn't, they didn't use his voice is because his voice sounded like—I mean, his voice sounded hella pussy, you know. So they had to put James Earl Jones in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I heard. But his body was superimposing. Oh, you have you funny. haven't heard his you haven't heard his voice. Uh, David David uh, Prowse was his name, but you haven't heard his voice. Like they actually have outtakes from the first film, like when he um, when he goes onto the uh, the the rebel ship that Princess Leia is on. Uh, and he's like talking to her. It's actually David. Like, there's an outtake where you can hear David Prowse's voice, and it's like, yeah, I can understand why they use James Earl Jones' voice instead. Uh, and, 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 poor, poor guy. But it worked out for us because uh, the James Earl Jones voice is like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's like almost like, it's almost like um, if you like the MGM lion roaring. You know, it's actually that's actually not a lion roaring. It's a tiger. It's a tiger. Or like when you hear like an American bald eagle screeching in any sort of like patriotic, any sort of like patriotic material, like uh, uh, the beginning of uh, Stephen Colbert's show, you know, you hear the eagle screeching. Yeah, that's actually not yeah. an eagle, right? That's, uh, I believe it's a red-tailed hawk, if I'm not mistaken. Because if you hear an eagle screeching, like, again, his voice sounds hella pussy, so they had to put another animals in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard on YouTube what eagles actually sound like, and yeah, it is horrible it is not a cool sound at all it changes everything yeah oh oh i forgot uh george lucas said the six movies and the clone war series i forgot the clone war series he considers canon th th that's what he counts as canon the six movies yeah, yeah. and the and the clone the clone war series and if you notice in uh revenge of the sith 
that's the only time you ever see one of those extended universe things actually pivotal to the plot. Like things that happen in the Clone Wars series and characters from the Clone Wars, like, Gen- like General Grievous, show up in that. And that's because that was the only um, non-movie thing he ever considered uh, uh, canon. But um, yeah, it it was it was um I, I, I don't know Reva's motivation did we ever talk about that how stupid it is that oh my goodness her... okay so there that's the other part that really made me upset it's like you know when uh uh obi-wan was like okay but well, you don't have to do this you know and she's like well you ha-, like she basically says to him like you don't have no idea what i've done so far to you, you have no idea what i've done so far uh to get to this point so it's like uh like did you <sighs> Did you think that the audience was going to be in any way sympathetic with Reva's intentions? Like, is basically, uh, you had Anakin Skywalker um, kill a bunch of uh, young Padawans in the prequel, which we're supposed to take as, like, that's horrific. Like, he's now beyond redemption, right? And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's now completely beyond redemption. But then, on the other hand, uh, you, have, you have Reva like engage in acts of wanton violence and murder of like innocent people all across the universe. Am I supposed to see this as a sympathetic character though? Like the thing that defines Anakin Skywalker's complete turn to evil uh, and his irredeemability at this point until Luke Skywalker is able to redeem him, but like nobody else can get through to the, to this guy. So like you have him murder a bunch of innocent people, murder a bunch of kids. I have to assume that Reva doesn't exactly put an age limit on who she's willing to murder. So why is it that now, like, you've just basically broken the moral fabric of the universe. I'm not supposed to sympathize with Darth Vader at all, because I know that Darth Vader has given himself over to the dark side. But I'm supposed to sympathize with Reva for some reason. And to the extent that when she gets a TV show spinoff, and we know she will, that I'm supposed to be interested in this character? Well, also, I mean, even in the actual, even in the actual uh, headquarters... There is a uh, frozen in amber, which I don't know why they did this. It had trophies of dead Jedi. It's a very weird thing. I mean, the Empire is pretty mean, but why would they do that? I mean, what were they doing? Were they just like, killing people and bringing the bodies back? And who was in charge of putting these bodies in amber? But anyway, one of them was a child. So you, so you have to figure that she was cool with the killing of kids, um, you know, for her to be working in plain sight of kids frozen in amber you know like so she was just either she was helping kill these um padawan and putting them in amber too or those were like her one of her classmates and they you know did did anakin like after he did the order 66 i'll pick up a few kid kid corpses and say hey uh i wouldn't mind putting this on my wall like like like, nothing but a thing makes any sense whatsoever her plan makes no sense uh, all this stuff but but she's clearly if not active in killing of kids um you know, is okay with being around like trophies of dead children, biding the time for ten years or whatever, hatching this plot. Like, like, what was her actual plan to kill Vader? Like, was it just to get along with him? Because she, she seems to have been alone with him a lot. Like, 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 she just wanted to kill him. I don't understand why she had to do so much wanton killing. Like, she seems so invested in getting promoted and into the job. And you know, it made me think of. It made me think of what. Um, black K-Hive people try to paint Kamala Harris's career like, like, no, she's planning to disrupt disrupt uh, white supremacy, but she wants to put a lot of black people in jail first. 
so she can get white supremacy's guard down. And she wants to be the top cop and make it all the way to president. And this is going to do something amazing when she's there, you know, but she's secretly like radical, you know, she's just um, locking up black people and uh, without evidence and um, unfairly like, you know, imprisoning people to prove some grander point, you know, it's like that kind of logic. I feel like one of the problems with a lot of new shows, not just this one, but they're like recruiting people off Twitter and they're recruiting like Tumblr type people to write for these shows now, not just Star Wars, but like Marvel and all these shows. And I started realizing like these people, if you ever see the, the people involved with these shows tweet or argue with people or, you know, um, get political or get into beefs, you start realizing like they have this, this kind of shitty people and they have like weird morality. Like they, like they can just, screech and attack people all day but no one can say anything to them or they're fragile or they can like be busted to do something very 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 shitty but uh the bare minimum acknowledgement of their own shittiness everyone's supposed to treat them as heroic or whatever so i realized okay the problem with these people is that they don't understand just how normal people are or what normal conflict is or what normal behavior is in a conflict or what actual forgivable behavior is or or you know or, or like one of their ethos if you see how these people interact the modern way of people thinking is if i can prove i had trauma but also i'm not a cis white man uh anything i do is, is uh yeah is, is yeah that's actually like the one division excuse that i absolutely hated like when yes when... I don't know, so I'm taking it you didn't see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is another film that I was, like, really upset about. But, like, it's the the WandaVision excuse, you know, where uh, um, Monica Rambeau says to her, like, you know, they'll, they'll never know the sacrifice she made. That's like, what? Like, she, and, held, and, she held people and, mentally hostage and tortured them. And, 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 and you know how that's another example of how that shows, like, their real-life thinking, right? Um White women, because of the whole Karen thing, white women can't fully claim um, oppressed or marginalized status like they used to. A lot of people kind of are ambivalent about white women now. Like, you know, so sometimes they treat them even worse than white men as far as, like, you can't say shit. So I think they're the liberty to put a black woman. If you're a white woman, but you can get a black woman uh, to um, defend you or whatever, that kind of... Um, gives you a little bit of a shield like like being a white woman isn't enough anymore to uh claim oppressed but if you're like a white woman that you know can get the cold side of a black woman so i thought it was very deliberate that they had the black woman like see she's like a black woman by proxy the black woman wouldn't lead us wrong you know the black woman said hey you're not a karen you're not privileged <laughs> you're oppressed you get to claim trauma like you know the rest of us i thought that was so deliberate like that scene i've seen that scene in one in one division it's so clear to mean that they just want to have a black woman uh, get, uh, exempt her from being a Karen, you know, that, that, that yeah. uh, I'm giving you the green light to claim your trauma as, as a get out of jail free card. And I'm, and I'm a black woman. So my word counts. No one's going to dare uh, speak over me to say that your Karen excludes you from, you know, or that anyone can call you in your privilege. Right. Right. Yeah, I just, uh, I, again, this kind of goes back to the logic of um, fan casting and casting for fans, which is like, okay, so 
our fans are this is like the mentality that our fans have like our fans are the kinds of people that believe if you have experience like trauma is basically your your hall pass for everything so if if you have experienced trauma in your life if, you're, if your identity then, is yeah. right if your identity is right if your identity is right yeah exactly so if you're if you're anything other than a cis white male um and it's kind of it's kind of dicey like if you're a white woman sometimes it works if you're a white trans woman well it's got it's really on a case-by-case basis if you're a black woman oh yeah absolutely you know if you're a black man uh no you are you guys already do that too much so like it, it really comes down to like whether your identity your identity qualifies or not but really what it is is like yeah our, our fans seem to have it in their heads that if you occupy a certain identity then whatever sort of um whatever sort of harm and damage you want to inflict on other people well that's okay because you have had a whole lot of harm and damage inflicted onto you so it's like do you think that um do you think that there were no children that escaped the slaughter of the young padawans in the first place like obviously there were jedis and possibly young ones like younglings that escaped so she's just one of many people that were like horrendously harmed by anakin skywalker but she's the only one that gets to take that hurt and then turn it on other jedis and former younglings and like cut her way through innocent people in order to get her revenge but that's something we're supposed to sympathize with because out in real life i mean black women have been harmed so badly and we should just give them the leeway to feel whatever they feel and if some people get hurt in the process eh, i mean you know the rest of us have the privilege to be able to get through it right and it's just like that's actually an incredibly i think that's an incredibly like destructive uh, counterproductive is not even the word for it like that's a really harmful um mentality to get behind because what you're basically saying is the harm that you inflict on other people is immaterial but the harm that is inflicted upon you is all important and like what well, kind yeah, of yeah. like if, if everybody if That's everybody big followed thing that believe. line of logic what is yeah but it's like if if all of society followed that logic then what kind of society do we end up with yeah yeah my trauma trumps all other trauma that's another value that they uh that that the, the kind of fan that they're pandering to, but also the kind of person that they're recruiting to write this stuff. Because I saw the showrunner from um, WandaVision give uh, an interview, and I'm like, okay, she's totally... Um, and, 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 like, I was talking with people about this a lot, uh, that you start seeing it all the time and how they um, write people they think are supposed to be sympathetic, and a lot of times it'll fail, and they'll say, oh, it's because this person is a person of color or this person is a woman or this person's like queer. It's like, no, it fails because this person is like you. And the same way you annoy everybody except your close circle on Twitter or Tumblr, giving characters your same qualities is, hap- is making real people hate your characters the same way like anybody that you haven't blocked on social media can't stand you either and that and like there's two other values they have the other value which is what no actually you said this that my trauma trumps um everything but they also say um my bad behavior is first of all it's not bad behavior but to the extent it's bad behavior it's more forgivable because i'm punching up but punching up is very vaguely defined like for example if moses ingram uh cut off the hand of a disabled black trans person on Tatooine, um, I think it would have 
gone over really badly. But even though she had the power dynamic from being from the Empire and being like the third sister and like next in lines would be the Grand Inquisitor and the white lady that whose hands you cut off was like a peasant or something, like a dirt farmer, it's still considered punching up because uh, she's right. Because that's another thing that people have is that they're using such presentism. They've somehow made Earth racial hierarchies and gender hierarchies uh, part of part of the... Yeah, it's all like our current social dynamics are entirely transferable over to the Star Wars universe. And that that's something that George Lucas explicitly tried to stay away, not just the hierarchy aspect, but like the, even even everything down to like the way that the costumes fit together, the way that like, you know, ships and computers work and so on. Like he was trying to envision something completely different other than what we were used to and trying to futurize it in such a way that that's a future that we were trying to live into. And it, it totally defeats the purpose of Star Wars if you're taking aspects of our present and then dragging them into, I know it took place in a long time ago and far, far away, but the fact of the matter is this society was a lot more advanced technologically, and I would even say like socially than ours. Um, and what, what George Lucas wanted to do was give us uh, either like, um, like parables and lessons or like a type of future to aspire to. Like obviously there's gonna be common elements to these societies, but there was still something incredibly aspirational about Star Wars. I think that's what captured people's imagination. And now it's in the hands of these talentless fucking hacks that have no imagination whatsoever and believe that anything that they put together on film and books and comic books or whatever is supposed to reflect like the context of our current social milieu and if it doesn't do that, then it's playing into the hands of people that claim that they want no politics in their entertainment media. And we can't do that because they're on the way to fascism. So what they've basically done is establish a, like a, a binary where if you don't uh, engage in total presentism with everything, then you're letting the fascists win. But something else that they un, unknowingly or unwittingly do is that they kind of... And actually, I think I think you've said this in the past, where uh, or not you, some other people on the left are radicals. They complained about how Ta-Nehisi Coates makes white supremacy seem like almost metaphysical and all powerful. And um, a lot of people do that. I notice who kind of take after Ta-Nehisi Coates, even if it's arguable that he does it. I yeah. think, I think no, a, a lot of no, a lot a lot of people definitely. If you read his if you read his articles in the Atlantic, like I, I used to read him, it was all the way back in like two thousand and seven, I wanna say it was when I started reading him in the Atlantic. And the first essay that he did was on Bill Cosby's sort of like pull up your pants attitude towards um like the the maladies within the black community. So like I've been reading him for a very long time. And by around like two thousand fourteen, two thousand and fifteen um, when he was getting into the case for reparations and we were eight years in power uh, and then moving on from the Atlantic to comic books. Um, by that point, like I had read so much of his material and yeah, there were several points in which he posits white supremacy as some sort of like, like primordial force of mankind that we are like eternally grappling with. Mm, okay. Well, you read more of him than, than I do. So I will defer, defer to you. But uh, in addition to him, a lot of his uh, kind of knockoffs had definitely, definitely lean into the into that, you know. Where, and what I was gonna say is like this type of presentism that they're doing 
almost becomes a type of rape science. And what I mean by that is um, there's a reason why white people would be in inferior position here because of um, history and what happened and the order of in which things happen and who conquered who first and got a head start, et cetera. But if you're going to say like um, hundreds and thousands or millions of years ago, however many eons, because people always forget because everything was futuristic that Star Wars is the past and also it's a galaxy far, far away. So then, okay, something is really weird if black people are subjugated or oppressed everywhere no matter no matter what so so you're saying even millions of years ago galaxies away the social hierarchies are still still the same so something is kind of weird now now it's not even <laughs> i'm sorry not, it's like it's like um i don't know if you remember when those afro pessimists were saying like you know um you know even if mankind were to fall and become extinct the soil would remember you remember that shit? It, it, uh, uh, no, 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 it was even worse it said the soil would be anti-black it said, yeah, you, yeah 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 even if you, yeah, even yeah, if humanity... anti-black because the soil remembers yeah and it's like yeah, yeah, wow the... now we've gone past the soil the stardust remembers <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it took place a long time ago and far far away so maybe like the anti-blackness so, 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 so... of the star wars universe drifted on over to earth and planted the seeds here so at that point either black people are just genetically inferior uh no matter what no matter how far ago or white people are genetically evil like no matter what situation what era what what everything always spread out the same white people will end up on top black people will be on the bottom you can go a million years in the past a million years in the future a million miles past the 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 galaxy and we're still going to be whining about um white people not letting us be equal and student credit i mean the, the kind of like this is the workplace comedy this is the workplace drama like star wars went from being about a family epic that translated across generations to a black woman's workplace drama with her shitty cis white uh superiors like it's it's the most trivializing petty and amount you know um i mean they do this a lot the thing with that that, that admiral holdo in, in the last jedi and she's such a clear uh, analog for like a, a Hillary Clinton style feminist. And it's like, you've just made this so small. You've taken something so big and made it so small and instantly dated. Like, if you created a movie that would be more dated in four years than the original Star Wars was in uh, 50. Um, it's by, by making it about this, yeah. dumb, this dumb resistance. You even called them the resistance. And also, Holdo's another example of how these people just don't understand what normal people are like and white or annoying so she's this lean-in feminist type this holdo lady right and i have no problem with having a pro uh, you know what character. I, I, i'm just gonna yeah. say i'm just gonna say one like real quick yeah mm-hmm. i hate that they made laura dern play that because i like laura dern so much yeah i like her a lot too i i hate yeah. that they made her of all people do that sorry go ahead no, and they, and they had strong female characters because Leia was a strong female character before. But what, yeah. what they had Holder do was she uh, is is the boss. She does not... These people think they're going to die. Uh, they trust their leader, and she won't tell them the plan. Why? They don't explain why. Because it's something like, hey... When I think in I, your I, life I, yeah. would a military commander not tell their subordinates what the plan is? Like when would a military commander just keep their plan all to themselves and be like, "Well, you don't need to know. You're just a you're just a captain." 
Yeah, yeah, just just a captain, and I'm asking you to risk your life. But also, if there was a reason, maybe you could say something like, "Well, we had reports there was a mole, and we couldn't let you know." You know that that those, those, those kind of funny plots and those those uh, yeah, things yeah. where they reveal something. Yeah, I I didn't know which one of you was the mole, so I had to do it. And they didn't have nothing like that. The, the idea was, uh, you should listen to me unquestionably because um. I am a woman in charge, and I bet you wouldn't question a man if he was in charge. So you're a misogynist, and I don't even, I'm not telling you because you're you're a man and you're an inferior, and 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 that's how these kind of. Um, but you know what's men- funny? Like, okay, remember when we were having a conversation before, and I said I hate it when writers, directors, etc. Like I hate it when creatives put like they put their words in a character's mouth and expect us to believe it was the character who really thought of that like i was talking about lars von trier in nymphomaniac oh yeah and i was saying there was several times where charlotte gainsborough's character in nymphomaniac she was speaking but i'm like but that's lars von trier's words are coming out of her mouth so it's not that she's just following a script she's basically being his internal monologue right now and i fucking hate that because it's like you should be able to work that into the story without having to beat us over the head with your philosophy, right? And so when when Admiral Holdo's mouth was moving, it was Kathleen Kennedy's words that were coming out. Exactly. Kathleen Kennedy is one of those type of women bosses. Like, she's a Sheryl Sandberg, she's a Hillary Clinton type. This kind of idea, this this, this Kamala Harris, like, hey, um, a woman boss, the job of being a woman boss is that you're supposed to be as double a hard ass or double an asshole as what the stereotype of a male boss is and if you don't accept male shittiness from um me as a woman that just means that you're being extra misogynist and it's like to them feminism is a license to it's, it's, it's like it's, in, in bad male behavior. basically yeah ex- right so feminism like to to people like this like the the girl boss set it's not like it's not about authority it's about having the ability to do the same things that a man does. Maybe not necessarily in the same way, but to be respected the way that you would respect a man who is in a similar or the same position, right? So if she's going yeah. to handle things in a different way than the man, sure, that's fine. But the fact is she's the commanding officer and the orders that she gives are the orders she gives. Your job as a captain is to follow them. But here's what they miss. Like... You would all you have to do is just like watch one single military movie to understand there is no commanding officer that would, unless there was a highly compelling reason, like the mole situation you mentioned earlier, there is no reason that you would not communicate your intent and your plans to your uh, to your your subordinate officers. Like they should know exactly why it is that they're putting their lives on the line. So but, what 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 this girl boss ethos does is say to people. It's not just that I want to be respected as a man is in my similar position. I should be able to come up with an imaginary man and uh, do all the shitty things that my imaginary man does. And you should respect me for it because I'm a woman. And if a man in a similar position had tried to issue orders and assume command the way that Admiral Holdo did, you should expect a shipwide mutiny. Yeah, 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 but 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 in their mind, because this is what happens with a lot of these people, whether it's with race, gender, whatever, they always create this straw man uh, version, you know, of a uh, um, of a white man who would have done the same thing, or a white woman, whatever. 
like, like if it's a black woman, they'll create a white woman. If it's a black guy, they'll create a white guy or whatever. But they'll say, oh, if, for example, the, the politician that was twerking, the first thing he said was, if a white woman was twerking, nobody would say anything. And first of all, it's not even true because there was a white female politician who was, had pictures released where she was making out with people at a party. And they still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's the, the, white, the, the politician from California. I forget her name off the top of my head, but like somebody, uh, her ex, her ex boyfriend or ex husband released nude photos of her, and she had to step down. Like so, so she's basically like, it, it's like she shouldn't have had to step down because it was revenge porn. And even though yeah. she got revenge porn, she had to step down. So what do you talk? There would be no like who, woman politician people, people do that. Would do something like that. They they create this kind of um, straw man of a, of a privileged person that would have gotten away with the same thing. So one thing I heard was that oh, if a if a white man acted like Admiral Holdo, everyone would have just fallen in line. And I think that was kind of the impl- implication yeah. that they were giving in the movie that that the only reason anybody would not act that way. It, you it know, wasn't uh, just an implication that was in the movie. People were saying it out loud when a bunch of when well, like people saw um, the the second sequel film. And, uh, yeah, when people saw the second sequel film and were loudly complaining about it, the discourse that I was seeing online was, well, if it was a man, you know, everybody would have fallen into line. You wouldn't have a problem with it. Of course I would have had a fucking problem with it. Oh, yeah, it yeah. It, it, orders like that. And, and, and something else like uh, people, these people do, it happened with Obama, too. It happened with um, Kamala and all these people where, like, Obama would talk extra bad to um, black people. And it was a kind of way to show, hey, just because I'm black don't think this, it means that i'm gonna be soft and you know some some people do that you know and kamala Harris, when she was the da i think to kind of show like hey just i'm a minority i'm not gonna be soft she was locking people up extra and what i noticed with the yeah, kind of the, sheriffs... the, the, the principal joe clark mentality like uh joe clark from lean on me you yeah know? like yeah. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna carry around the megaphone and walk around with my baseball bat and lock the inside of the doors because you you unruly niggas need to be brought into line everyone everyone yeah. sit there joe clark yeah, but I also I want to show that just because I share an identity with you guys or whatever, that doesn't mean that I'm afraid to be as tough as as a white man, you know, or as nasty as a white man. So I can lock up black people just like a white man. I can complain about sagging pants and blaming whitey just like a black man. But they actually overdo it, and like like a lot of these Sheryl Sandberg and Hillary Clinton type uh, leaning bosses, because I had like a leaning boss like this. She would try to be extra hard as a kind of show i want to show that a woman doesn't have to be weak like they think oh they hire a woman she's not gonna be as good as a man so i'm gonna be twice as hard as a stereotypical uh white man not even like a a real white man but the worst stereotype of one and i feel like that's kind of the idea they had with holdo she had to be an extra hard ass or whatever but the reason i bring it up and i'm gonna bring it back to kenobi because this has been a long digression but i'm gonna tie it back um it was another example of how uh they think that their values are obvious and universal and objective and not just personal and subjective and that a lot of people just don't like them because they go through life thinking everyone who doesn't like them is because they're a Republican, the wrong gender, the wrong race, whatever, and they take no self-correction from it. So then when they get a chance to work on a timeless movie, and what George Lucas was trying to do is find timeless themes from like epics and history and myths. He was using like Joseph Campbell. He was trying to dump things yeah. down to the he most. He was drawing from everything, everywhere from like, he was drawing Mesopotamia. from. Mesopotamia. You know, 
Yeah, I was just gonna say Sumerian literature to, to ancient Japan, uh, ancient Japan. Like he was drawing from a whole lot of traditions. Yeah, he was trying to universalize. These people are trying to take from 2016 presidential election, from 2010 Facebook boardroom. Um, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's career after the holdover was meant to be uh, Kathleen Kennedy, like, like you said, and it just and that's too personal. That's too subjective. Some people like that. Some people don't. You're trading in stuff that's been tested across cultures, across centuries. And, you know, this is the ultimate focus group test, you know, like millennia uh, and, and choosing it for the most subjective yeah. personal thing. Like a, and that's a what timeless happened. story is a timeless yeah. story for a reason, because there are elements of that story that resonate across all cultures. Like, OK, give an example. The story of King Midas, right? Like, it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what the background of your culture is. You understand implicitly what the moral of the story for King Midas is, right? Uh, that is, like, you can want, you know, if you if you spend your life chasing um, a, a selfish and individualistic, self-serving goal, when you get it, it could actually be the worst thing that ever happened to you, right? Like, the... the um, the end of the, the Midas story is that, you know, when his daughter sees him freaking out because everything is touching and turning into gold and he can't even eat food or drink water, you know, she comes to uh, console him. And in his selfishness, knowing what's about to happen, he reaches out and touches his daughter and she then turns into gold. So he's lost the most precious thing to him ever. And it's like, well, just be careful what you wish for. Now, that resonates across all cultures. They're, like Most cultures have a story somewhat akin to that in their in their cultural background but for these people because they don't come from anything and they value nothing like to them all that matters is just like this postmodern tripe they believe that like their own experiences and life stories that should be transplantable so like in a way it's incredibly egotistical because what it says is well george lucas drew from mesopotamian tradition but me kathleen kennedy i can draw from kathleen kennedy and you cretans will love it because because my trauma trumps everything. <laughs> like my my yeah. my trauma, uh, you know, that I came up with in my workplace, you know, uh, trumps like thousands of years of shared universal um, gr grievance. Like like George Lucas was drawn from Nazi Germany and genocide and something that you know lit up half the world um, on fire, you know, for like six yeah. years or something. And you're replacing and it with uh, Cheryl Sandberg. A story, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. A story about uh, some guy didn't give you credit at work. Like, like we have we have Reva uh, complaining, you know, in fights about you're not gonna take this credit Who from me. Credit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> like, like this is the big the big stakes here. Like who's getting? And also, isn't it supposed to be about? Isn't it supposed to be about? Um, revenge for your for your and it's the other thing everything with these people is revenge for the childhood so i think that's that's another reason why they, they, a lot of stuff is fueled by resentment and whatever yeah so yeah it, yeah i was like she's alone with the grand inquisitor so it's not like she's even just playing and she thinks she's dead so it's not even like she's just playing a role i thought i thought maybe people were watching whatever she could pretend it's about credit but being that she's by herself with the grand inquisitor and she thinks that he's he's hearing her last words while um he's dying that means that the credit thing is real. Like she must really yeah. mean that about. Like, well, yeah, motivated why, why by, would you care about the, getting credit from the people that you're trying to slaughter? Yeah, if the whole point of this is that you actually hate the empire because they kill the younglings and you want to kill, 
why does he seem so sincerely you, you know um, what's actually kind of wild the, and it's mo- like, motivated to be to be promoted through the empire okay here's what's wild okay Th- like i know that i know that what i'm saying is not bullshit because you know you always have to you always have to give you know at least a little wiggle room for the possibility that everything you're saying is bullshit and maybe you're not actually correct but i know i'm right and i'll tell you why there was a Bollywood movie that came out a couple of months ago called RRR. I don't know if you heard of that one. Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about it. I heard a lot of good things. Oh, I would actually... I mean, it is really goofy. It's really goofy and campy, but I would still watch it regardless. Just kind of like shut your brain off because it's really just a mashup between uh, two historical characters in revolutionary India. Um, it's like, it's really just like, okay, well, what if they had met... What if they had crossed paths, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I guess the way to put it is like, what if like... um. I don't know, like Martin Luther King and Medgar Evers were action heroes. You know what I mean? But like, um, the one of the central conceits of that movie is that uh, one of the characters is actually like, even though he's working for uh, uh, colonial Britain in India, he's actually seeking revenge for uh, for for childhood trauma um, against the British. So it's it's actually a very very similar story to uh, to Obi Wan Kenobi. And in that in that uh, movie, and it's a it's a it's a three hour movie, but I still would recommend you watch it. Um, the characters end up becoming like very fast friends, even though one of them is hiding the fact that he is secretly uh, trying to undermine uh, the British colonials because he's searching for a girl that was stolen from his village. So, like he's he's hiding from his friend who he knows is a cop, like a, a soldier for the the uh, for the British colonials that he's actually there to find a girl that was stolen from his village. And so he has like a secret agenda. And then the cop dude, he can't tell anybody, like not his best friend that he's just made, um, and not anybody, that he's actually secretly working against the British colonials because the British colonials um, killed his father and many of his villagers when he was a child. So what he's doing, like he, uh, his, the very first scene that he has in the movie, he just, he is um, at a British consulate and there's like a, a huge protest happening outside. There's all sorts of like, you know, like Indian people that were like, uh, like throwing rocks and like rocking the, the, the barbed wire fence and trying to knock it down so they could get into the consulate and cause havoc. And uh, one turban wearing dude from like farther back in the crowd uh, throws a rock and it hits a photo of a British governor and it falls to the ground. And so one of the, the, the consulate head of security was like, arrest that man. And there's a, you know, it's maybe like a dozen uh, guards and like hundreds and hundreds of uh, protesters outside the gates. So this one dude, the, uh, you know, the, the, the second main character who's secretly against the British colonials, he actually jumps the fence, okay, beats his way through this whole crowd of like hundreds of people. And he identifies the one guy wearing this one red turban. He sees him in the back and the guy's like, oh shit, he's coming for me. So he like runs away thinking that he could escape through the crowd, but like, no, the guy beats his way all the way through the crowd, collars the man that he's after, and then drags him, all, even though people are like jumping on him and like dogpiling him and, and like, you know, punching him in the face and hitting him in the head with rocks or whatever. He drags the guy all the way across the crowd and back into the consulate to be arrested. Okay. So like, he's willing to stop at nothing to prove to these people that he is their best soldier. And the reason for that is because he wants to get access to the armory and then he can uh, give weapons from the armory to the villagers 
where he came from so that they can rise up and revolt against the British. So it's like they both have these, these hidden agendas and they're hiding secrets from each other, but it's very much uh, a revenge story on two sides. The thing is, this story actually fucking worked because even though it is a very goofy and campy movie, internally the logic of the movie makes sense. No matter how, like, how out of, like, just the, the fight scenes, like the, 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 the martial arts scenes are like straight out of uh, Kung Fu Hustle. Like, that's how big and spectacular they are. But internally, the story makes 100% sense. And then you watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it's like, okay, I get that there's one person that's being, you know, dragged out of retirement to look for a missing girl who was kidnapped, right? It's very same story. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is playing the same role as the one dude who's, uh, uh, he's after a kidnapped girl, but he has to, like, maintain his secrecy and hide his identity so that he can actually get her without blowing his cover. And then on the other hand, you have somebody that's working with the Empire and is seeking revenge, but uh, so she has to do a whole lot of heinous things in order to get the revenge that she's after. So whereas RRR played that all the way to the hilt, and it was a spectacular movie, it was like I think the biggest grossing movie ever in, in Indian cinema, Obi-Wan Kenobi just falls fucking flat on its face telling the exact same story. Uh, by the way, you spoiled RRR for a lot of people. So someone's what a, it's been out for months, man. If you haven't seen it by now, like, get my ass. <laughs> but but no no your point your point totally stands it's it's totally true and 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 it and it's like uh I mean someone put in the this is some funny stuff you can send in the chat someone said uh well someone made a good point this is not funny but it's true he says another example is that uh George George Lucas saw the Empire as the U S and the rebels as Vietnam and like that's another example of um a kind of timeless thing because there's so many classic stories of um, guerrilla warfare against an evil empire, you know, that uh, you, you can think of Braveheart, you can think of um, the Haitian Revolution, even though he was specifically talking about U.S. and Vietnam, but, you know, that's a great example. And then, the, and then uh, of course, there's the World War II, the fascist stuff, the Japanese stuff. Yeah, and what you just pointed out, too, about an example of how these themes can work, but um, even within the personal, there's still big stakes and there's still internal logistic uh, consistency. But um, these these people are so small in their thinking and so res resentment-minded. It just doesn't work. They're very petty. And the funny comment I saw in the chat was uh, Heifer83 said, we went from a long time ago in a galaxy far away to recently on my timeline. And I thought that was so good. That's so accurate. That's really, that's really what it is. It's like um, a Twitter, uh, a Twitter timeline more than like a historical um, epic. And it's like I'm telling you, like in ten years, when people watch the Last Jedi, it's gonna feel like such a time capsule of the 2016. Um, Election is going to seem like so, so small. It's going to be re really bad. But uh, but another another example of how this I think ties into how a lot of these people think and how they don't understand how normal people think and how um, normal people handle interpersonal conflict. That's another thing with these people. They're very bad at interpersonal conflict. They're very horrible. Everything is um, about trauma. I don't have to respect you in this conversation but you should respect me because 
my identity is more uh, protected than yours and my trauma is more valid than yours. But something else that they have, right, is even if other people do have um, trauma, whatever, or they did do something wrong and they overstepped something, the reason why it's still at the end of the day more forgivable for them than for the other person that they all only have to do the bare minimum apology is, I notice this happens a lot. There's this idea where if you're more privileged, right? Let's say I did end up wrongfully bringing harm to you or something, or maybe I overcompensated in my um, reacting to my trauma. At the end of the day though, it's not that big a crime because A, you're stronger than me. Like, like this is a way that they kind of weaponize the fragility as in like um, they bully you with the fragility. There's like a lot of cry bullying, uh, victim bullying, but there's also the idea like because I'm so weak, you guys have to go easier on me, but I can go with both barrels on you because you're, you're stronger than me because you were raised with uh, strength. You were raised with privilege. You were raised with um, reassurance and like the love I didn't have, whatever. That's number one. But number two, you also had it coming because whatever group I can claim to be a part of, I can say has been um, abused for like a while and you guys are catching up to this. So this is cosmic justice. Like um, this is the balancing of the scale. So even if I might've been a little unfair to you, I might have um, practiced a double standard you had it coming for generations and this is just you know those make reparations jokes for everything you know like uh every little thing they say, they say reparations like if you uh have to um uh, pay for something for a black person or whatever well that's reparations that's reparations so i think that's shot through this whole thing like they kind of put it so that reva is always quote unquote punching up but it's punching up by modern U.S. Um, standards like over there being a white man versus a black woman shouldn't mean anything like you know it has a context here but she's getting this kind of revenge that we're supposed to root for because we're supposed to see it as you know that white guy who uh, did a microaggression against you in college or in in the workplace and and all of that fucked up in this is supposed to be okay because to me and maybe I'm reading too much into it but she always did it kind of against um, white people or men. And that's like the weird to me logic of this thing. I don't know what you think about that. If you, if you agree or disagree with any of that, but, but the, these people's insufferableness keeps them from making this character sympathetic. But the sad thing is they can't realize why she's not going over with the crowd why her figure is flopping in toys, why they can't crowdfund her lightsaber. Her lightsaber is so cool, they can't crowdfund it because no one likes the character. Because if they were able to understand why this character is so unlikable, they would understand why they're so unlikable as human beings. But that would require introspection and actually, you know, taking a hard look at yourself, which these people can't do. So the, their characters can't have a hard look taken at them. Oh wow, did it all this time I lost I was just uh I was just talking. I didn't realize you were uh 
Yeah, I, should, <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch on to that. <laughs> I, I should have known because I was getting through too much of it. I was like, what's going on? You, you would uh, jump in with a counterpoint right then. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it was actually, no, it was actually good. I, I guess, like, to uh, address a couple of the points you made. Um, yeah. One, okay, so l- let me just address that in reverse order. So where it comes to um, them not being able to identify with what's wrong with the character because the character are, is basically a pastiche of themselves. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's one of the reasons why, like, Ray is such a widely reviled character, and people can't understand, like, the the aversion that people have to Ray's character because they think that, oh, you know, you just don't like a female force-using character. Well, get the hell out of here. Like, nobody had a problem, I think, with the idea that, you know, uh, that Princess Leia or uh, Admiral Leia could use the force. It's just it was done in such a ham-handed way. It's a way that she's never actually used it before, Right. And then with um, with Ray, the issue is that she just had nothing to overcome, and that makes her a tremendously uninteresting character. So, like they they miss the basic elements of what makes a hero heroic. It's not the fact that a hero can do amazing things; it's that the hero, when faced with trials that seem almost impossible to overcome, managed to pull it out somehow. And sometimes it's with tremendous loss to themselves. Sometimes they have to give up a part of themselves, or maybe give up a part of their innocence in order to. You know, like step into the heroic world that they were meant for, but there is a tremendous obstacle to overcome that leads down their path of heroism. Like the hero's journey is just one of the most well-tread formulas in all of literature, and they couldn't even get that right. So it's like if you can't even give the audience the hero's journey, which the Star Wars franchise is entirely predicated on, if you can't do that, then why should anybody give you any respect? And then uh, taking it one step back, when you were talking about. Um, like uh, the uh, the issue with uh, like you know whose trauma is more or less valid, I think like the whole thing about that cry bullying aspect, it's 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 almost like the that hilarious like meme tweet about um, you know my 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 boyfriend go around picking fights with uh, bigger guys and then when they like pull their fist back they hit him he's like come on I'm a little birthday boy you wouldn't hit a birthday boy would you it's like they they seem to believe that you know their trauma you're right in that they weaponize their fragility, but in a way it's like, but they understand the dynamic of that. So it's like to everybody else, um, you should be able to withstand whatever I put out because you have the privilege that should give you the fortitude to be able to withstand my abuse. But when you do something that I take as being harmful, well, of course I can't tolerate that. I can't take that. And it makes you a terrible human being that you would even think to retaliate against a little birthday boy like me. So it's, it's, it's um, it's not just a matter of presentism. It's so much of it is there the like cry bully nature of these people that have no talent, have no ability to tell a compelling story, to come up with interesting characters. They don't even like the they don't like the fans. They don't like the universe that they uh, that they're writing into. What they like is the idea of being able to write for a franchise that's as widely known as Star Wars. I don't even think really most of these people even fucking like Star Wars. Like I don't actually. I don't actually think that Kathleen Kennedy likes the Star Wars films. I don't think these various writers uh, enjoy Star Wars particularly. They just know that it's a multi-billion, multi-billion dollar franchise that will get them a lot of exposure. So it's like, I'm going to do the stuff that I want to do in order to get the exposure that I need. And you, you, you know, smelly twerps who are showing up at comic book conventions and, um, you know, wearing your May the 4th Be With You t-shirts... Like, you should just stand out of my way while I achieve my greatness. 
They, but like they, so they have no respect for the fans to begin with. They have no respect for the Lord. They don't have respect for anything except for their own personal ambitions. And in a way, that's kind of what makes Obi Wan the perfect vehicle for telling the stories of not just the writers of Obi Wan for you know the Moses Ingram types, or I think it's the perfect encapsulation of what exactly is wrong with the entertainment industry altogether. You turn a beloved and widely respected character into a total goof who is just sort of like dragged from one point to another by whatever plot devices you happen to want to throw together to keep the story remotely coherent. And he should take the back seat to this new character that you've created that is very unlikable, um, that makes almost no sense in universe. But it's like, but I want to achieve something. So you need to step out of my way and take everything that I throw at you and play the back seat so that I can achieve my greatness. Like this is just... It's, it is an allegory, just not the kind of allegory that I think the writers wanted. Um, yeah, and and I think uh, there was Dane who was uh, in the queue, and I put him in, I put him in the uh, chat in the call position. But this is the second time that I've uh, allowed someone to talk, and I don't know if it's a bug. Uh, hey, Dane, are you able to? I don't know if it's a bug or if you took yourself out on purpose it is possible oh, yeah, it is possible that he might like i know that i in the last time around when i dropped myself down to the audience i i totally fat fingered the microphone button and hit leave speakers and said i'm gonna go make a complaint to the <laughs> i'm gonna go make a complaint to the, the the product manager for colin because that is a really dangerous place to put your unmute button yeah I, I mentioned that to them as well but they didn't uh change it but yeah yeah dan feel free to uh speak uh i'm sure people are here t- tired of hearing us talk no no not at all it's been fantastic actually you basically made every conceivable point that i could have and would have been my you know best aspirations hope to make everything from you know them turning the uh the uh star wars saga into as you had mentioned bringing it down to the level and petty is the appropriate word like being being something as petty as grievances over you know someone invading your space by using too much sriracha sauce out of the office refrigerator and stuff like that like really that's the level at which we're operating oh, now oh, it's oh, like oh, someone yeah. that's why i said workplace drama like someone eat your lunch in the office <laughs> no, it's even worse. It's even worse. You, they're upset because you, you're, they ate your lunch in the office, and you called them on it. It's like, how dare you? Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> you, you have so much privilege. You should want to make me lunches. Matter of fact, why didn't you bring me lunch and then pack me a second one, and I'll still eat your lunch because fuck it, you don't deserve one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like the office. It's like the office, but if it was written by like the jerks instead of like the supposedly sympathetic people. <laughs> yeah yeah no very much so i, I mean yeah and, and and you know just as an aside forgive me i actually thought i accidentally fat fingered myself into the call queue ahead of time so i saw the button came up it was like oh i didn't think i did that so because i was enjoying your conversation very much i didn't want to interrupt it there but yeah i mean as you're saying you basically made all the conceivable points i would want to make up to and including you know as you said like bringing it down to a petty office squabble drama you know and and, and the very fact that as, as q had mentioned 
like, like, you know, I, and it's been my belief, though he articulated it much more eloquently than I have or, or could have, that, like, they don't really even like Star Wars as an IP, as a concept. It, it's just a recognizable brand to them. Like, like, like it, it's, it's functionally has the same emotional resonance for them is like a Pepsi logo. Like, like it's just a symbol that they know they can get out there and sort of sublimate or put the subtext of their personal grievances and embed it within, within the lines. I mean, I think they know if they created something from scratch to, to um, vent with, no one would watch it. So Nobody would pay attention. Something yeah. that oh, everybody yeah. wants to watch hostage. So, so you know, it, it would be like, you know, you show up at the prom and lock the doors and you got, okay, now that I have you here, I'm going to complain about every time you guys shove me in the locker. You know, so, no, we just want to dance. This is the prom. Leave us alone. But, you, you know but that's, that's like, the only way they can get you to listen to them. You know what that's like? I don't know if you saw this, um, this uh, video on Twitter. It was like sometime last year where people went to a movie theater and then there was, the uh, theater had a problem with the projector. So people were sitting in their seats. Like the movie was supposed to start like 15, 20 minutes ago. And, you know, the, the theater staff came out and they're like, hey, we're so sorry. Like, we're, we're going to get this back in order. Just please give us a few minutes. And then this lady in the audience who also, I, I don't know if she is a stand-up comedian or somebody who wanted to try stand-up comedy. But she gets up and she delivers a stand-up comedy set, like, totally unprompted. Nobody asked her for this. The theater certainly didn't. The audience didn't. Because who would have known she was even a stand-up comic or an aspiring one? And she gets up and delivers, like, a stand-up set. And everyone's like we don't want this lady just sit the fuck down please and then like so she's like she's delivering this set to, to, to this captive audience they're just waiting for this fucking movie to start they don't want to hear her comedy and then like she's just completely oblivious to the fact that like she's doing this thing and nobody wants to hear it and she just continues on regardless because it's not about what it is that they want it's what it is that she wants to achieve and, and she'll never get a chance on, on her own on an open mic uh, oh yeah sorry Dan go ahead Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> make that as a cue as interrupting. Yeah, I was just going to uh, uh, pipe in and say that it seems like the uh, the real the real grievance they have, the anger that they have at the end of the day is that, like, Elena Dunham Project, like, girls, isn't, like, a billion-dollar franchise, it, it basically, is that they can't, as you said, provide the product they want to push and see the kind of monetary gain from it that they'd like to imagine simply because they are narrow casting so much like their grievances are so specific as you'd mentioned to a particular time period and a particular culture of a specific subset, a subsection in time and space that um that you know so few people can resonate resonate with it you know only them and people like them and you know by its very nature star wars is supposed to be about broad themes that span you know Time and space in a very figurative and a literal sense, yeah. I, I mean, just just as an aside, I think, you know, I, the most damning thing of all is, like, the, there are aspects of the Obi-Wan series that, you know, I, I did like. And I'm even one of those people who found stuff, even when it was cool, to... Um, uh, say like hate on the prequels so like like really say that there's nothing irredeemable about it i still found stuff that i enjoyed about them at the time even when like you know people were disappointed in them you know i i still took them for what they were you know and i still appreciate the coherent vision that lucas was providing as sort of like you know at, at the helm of the series but i i say i think the most damning thing of all about the, the sequel movies is that the, i so hate where the characters ended up by the end of them like i, I just don't even 
even care anymore. <laughs> like new Star Wars, I'm not keeping track of like you know what new series, TV, or otherwise. I mean, I don't even know if there's a new movie in the works. I don't know if Disney knows if there's a new movie in the uh, works. Like, uh, I just don't uh, care about back, any. They pushed it back. They announced, and this is how you know that they really shit the bed with this property. These people are so incompetent. This announcement happened, and nobody even talked about it. They announced uh, about a week or two ago that they're pushing back all movies to 2025. And I'm sure a lot of people in this room didn't know that or hear about it, which kind of shows just how bad... Before, if they told people, hey, uh, Star Wars, um, you know, all those movies we promised you, we're pushing them back three years, people would have been, like, pissed. Like, like, nobody cares. I think it also doesn't help that they've diluted the project by having such a content glut on Disney+, Plus that it makes the movies less special anyway. Like, so people probably don't even care. Yeah. You said to wait, wait between movies. Now it's like any given month, there's a new Star Wars project anyway. So who who cares? But, but, but yeah, um, all those sequels that they announced with uh, Taika Waititi and, and Ryan um, Johnson and all those things, I don't think any of them are happening. Uh, all the directors basically admitted that Disney hasn't gotten back in touch with them about their supposed trilogies. I, I mean, I think they shit the bed too badly with it. I, it it kind of goes the old saying of like, you know, the opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy. Like if people like hate something yeah. like really actively, like, like, you know, they, they, they're still passionate enough about it to care about it and like want to and are concerned with how, like how the outcome is going to be. But I think they, they've just so thoroughly wrecked the IP at this point. A lot of people have just hung it up and said, you know, I'm done. I don't even care to engage with it anymore, but I'll let you in. <laughs> You know, in a strange in a strange way, it's kind of a talent because like to mess that up, like you had such such a billion dollar easy to love property to get people apathetic about that, like they're almost skilled at being bad, like almost by accident, just by being half competent. You should have been able to keep some of that goodwill. Like they have to actively be so bad to squander that with <laughs> good, goodwill. It's in, it's really kind of kind of impressive, and they really wrote themselves in the corner because to make their new characters pop so well, they took to take the shortcut of 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 kneecapping all the old characters and diminishing them to make the new ones look good. So, but they ended up with new characters that no one liked anyway. But now all the old ones are kneecapped. So you think they'd learn from that? But here comes Kenobi, and they do the exact same thing over again, where they. Uh, start trying to kneecap um you know kenobi to make the other people look good and uh here's something i, I take a cue into the um speaker stage so I'm, i'll wait for him to come back up but uh, something else i was gonna say that um i have this theory about kathleen kennedy and this is the only thing i could think of but her career was interesting in that she was an assistant to all these powerful people and she kind of made her way up the ranks of hollywood by being an assistant to um, George Lucas to Steven Spielberg and all I swear to God, up. I swear to God, no, I know that this happened. Okay, I know that when mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy got control of the Star Wars IP, she had the Kate Blanchett speech from Lord of the Rings: "All will love me and despair." Instead of mm-hmm. instead of a, instead of a King Lucas, you shall have a queen. I know she did that shit. Yeah, yeah, I, I think she had some kind of grievance. Maybe it was deep in her heart. Maybe maybe these guys didn't even know it because they wanted to promote her so high. But I think she had this oh, kind yeah. of thing where it's like, I should be the star or something. Because it seems like 
he's almost resentful. Hey, wait, is that Charlie? Hey, by the way, I see I see Charlie in the audience. Charlie, Charlie, I'm speaking to you directly. All right, listen, man, y'all have to, y'all are going to have to move the microphone button away from the leave speakers button. Okay. Yeah. I I, I might I might have piano player fingers, but the ends of them are very fat. Okay, because I, I do a lot of I do a lot of manual labor. Okay, I have fat fingers. But I'm telling you, four times in this show, I have meant to take myself off of mute and busted myself down to the audience. All right, y'all gotta do something. But sorry, sorry, go ahead, T. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no problem. You know, it's interesting that they were doing too, right? Um, because this one, I noticed that she tries to do a lot. Well, first off, you seen the pictures of her? If you Google the forces female, uh. There are all these pictures of her and a female writing staff showing up places with t-shirts that say the force is female. And and when you watch her show, that that's shit what she's trying so to do. That was so cringe. That was like, she, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like God is a woman, like the force is female. She's trying to revise all the old Star Wars to make the women uh, more important. And if you notice with this one, this was her attempt to do that with Leia versus Luke. Like, so now Leia actually met um, Obi-Wan first. So now uh, she has that taken away from Luke now. Now the first person that Obi-Wan met and had a connection with was not Luke Skywalker, but uh, Leia. She was, he was Leia's friend before he, she was Luke's. Leia's force powers. Um, so all this time we thought that Leia ended up never learning... Um, the force, right? Um, even though she had the potential to, not because she was lazy, not because she was a bad character, but because circumstances just worked out that way. But she had her own strength. <laughs> she was a senator. She was a senator. She um, was a headstrong woman. She's the one who uh, starts everything in action. She's the one that gets um, um, Obi Wan to to um, come and, sh- and show up and and yeah. you know get ba- basically like in the in the in that period of the 1980s, you had sort of like. You had a lot of um, the way that women often showed power wasn't by undermining the male characters, but basically sort of like jockeying for a position with them. So like they had maybe the same goal in mind and they were going to work together, even if they didn't have to like each other. I call that like the moonlighting dynamic. Remember like, yeah. uh, that, that old Bruce Willis show? Moon? Yeah, it was like that. So it's like the characters did not deliberately undermine each other, but like they would have this sort of like Sam and Diane dynamic from Cheers. We're like, yeah, they're working together to attend this bar and they're trying to make sure that they have a successful business. They're sometimes going to argue in front of customers, though not very often. They'll take it out to the back and then like hash out their anger. But then behind the anger is like a romantic passion, which I didn't always find kind of cheesy. But at the very least, you got that, hey, they're on the same page. And even though they have different sort of like strengths, um, but that's what makes them unique as individual characters is like the kind of strengths that they can portray, right? So yeah, yeah, that Solo, comes from like, a screw, yeah. screw, from a genre called screwball comedies, like like uh, yeah, from from like the thirties. Yeah, but but those were eighties examples of it. That's just how yeah. it is. But that but that's like so that was the, that was always the dynamic of like uh, like women characters at that time. So it's like yeah, maybe they didn't have the same qualitative characteristics as the male characters, but they were strong in a way that you could always respect. So yeah, Leia Organa was not a force user in the original trilogy, but there was a hell of a lot to respect about her. And I think she like because she killed Jabba, she killed Jabba she killed Jabba yeah. the Hutt. She she's the one who figured out that the Empire let them escape, that it was too easy. Like like she was contributing all along. She wasn't like some, some useless damsel in the But that's the thing though. Flower. But 
But these people that are not familiar with the Star Wars uh, lore and don't really like the franchise all that much, they're just using it as a stepping stone to get to where they want to be. Uh, so they see Princess Leia in the slave outfit, and that's all Princess Leia is to them, right? Like, they don't, they don't see the remainder of the Star Wars trilogy in which Princess Leia is playing, like, pivotal roles in every scene that she's in. She's just the lady in the slave outfit. And so the only... To them, the only possible recourse to that is to make a female character that gets as far away from the Leia and the slave outfit archetype as possible and make them the most powerful force user ever. But 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 other these people judge everything based on the oppressor. Like like one thing they do is always project. So, so you know, there's always this thing like the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house or you know, you have to dismantle this and that. But when they get their chance to express a dream all they want to do is be uh, the master. Like, like for example, if you look at like Sam Wilson and the and the Falcon and everything, he was his own character. But this new type of uh, activist fan wants him to be Captain yeah. America so bad. They want him to be. Uh, they want him to take a white man's identity. Like even though he had his own identity, he made himself. Dog, dog. In it's, the comics, only... yeah. There was a there was a comic book cover, and I will never forget this because I was like, okay, this is this is now like the Nadir of this social justice influencer era of comic books was when they had um, uh, Captain America, like Sam Wilson as Captain America on a comic book cover with a shit you not race remembered. Oh, really? Why oh, the, f- yeah, exactly. Who can even tell you who race remembered is now? Why the fuck would you put race remembered on the cover of a Captain America comic book? But, 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 it, but it's like, all they care about is just, um, but, but in a way, it's like a, like a lot of these social justice people are. Is like okay, uh, for example, this movie called like um, the Woman King, right? Why can't she be a queen? But somehow, implicitly, they devalue the female form of power. They think the point of being a feminist or the point of being an anti-racist is to try to emulate, you know, the the oppression. Like like I want to be. Um, Whatever the standard of success is to a white man, the yeah. only thing that matters to me is becoming like like I want to be president. I want to be yeah. This. I want to be. Actually... Uh, yeah. Hold on. I just want to finish no, this point real ahead, quick. So, 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 I think um, Leia Organa had her own uh, particular strengths and powers, but to them, they said the Jedi's were men mostly and. And because I said they think with their own lives, like I want to be the CEO. That's what a woman should be. Um, I want to be a female warden. Like, like instead of um, using like your female strengths to be a corrective to male abuses of power, uh, you think the highest thing that a female or a black person can do is to emulate and duplicate, you know, um, white power, uh, white male power, warts and all. So yeah, I think. So if we look, at, if we look at um, this Kenobi show, what they wanted to do was make Leia a boy. They wanted Leia to be Luke. So, so um, Leia was never a Force user, um, but they made her a powerful Force user in the present in Last Jedi, where now she can fly through space like Mary Poppins. But now they're showing that she was such a <laughs> strong. She was now such a strong potential force user, even as a kid. They stretched her force use into the future and to the past. Reva can't even read her mind. And she and Reva said, yeah. Wow, you're really strong. And they kind of showed, like, wait a minute, so she could use the force before Luke. All of the first now belong to her. 
so so now she uses the force first. She was strong in it before Luke even knew what the force was. Remember, Luke didn't even see a, a lightsaber until um, yeah. A New Hope. She saw a lightsaber first. She met Obi Wan Kenobi first. She was acting like an adult first. She um, gave Obi Wan Kenobi his groove back. So so the fact that Obi Wan Kenobi was even heroic enough to be of use in A New Hope is because of child Leia. So it's like the same way I feel like uh, Kathleen Kennedy clearly had some kind of thing that she wanted to get out of her system. The message. Yeah. 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 I I hate saying it. I hate saying it, but I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these reactionaries, they, and I say this a lot, like just because a reactionary correctly identifies a problem, um, just because when somebody correctly identifies a problem, just because they're a reactionary doesn't mean I'm going to say, well, they have not correctly identified a problem or pretend it doesn't exist just because the first person in the room to say it was a reactionary. But maybe if, you know, people were actual conscious consumers uh, and they actually engaged in substantive critique, you would be able to get ahead of this stuff so that the reactionaries aren't the first one to like notice that somebody farted in the elevator. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Even even the saying the right thing for the wrong reason, like sometimes they do. They are saying the right the right thing. Uh, Dan, give, to, to, uh, give, to, uh, give give any final thoughts you have before I move on to Gambi? Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I was enjoying everything you're saying, and I'm sorry the the mute button is sabotaging me like it has been other people tonight. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Um, as you were saying, you know, it very much seemed like they were giving uh, Luke Skywalker the AJ Soprano treatment, where they try to uh, turn the Skywalkers into an Italian family, and even though the older <laughs> sister is more accomplished and uh, and uh, more more erudite one, but because he's the male, but he will always be flexibly. It made sense in the Sopranos yes. universe. Like, yes, that it, there was there was a coherence of the Sopranos universe, and if the Skywalkers were were space Catholics, you know that that consistency <laughs> would move forward. But unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> and I do really quickly, I do lament the fact that we will not see what I believe was Kathleen Kennedy's truly ideal version of her Star Wars universe, which is simply a remake of the original trilogy, but gender swapping in for a Palpatine and then making the Rebel Alliance a confederation of toxic dude bros who cannot <laughs> respect a woman's authority. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you once again, gentlemen. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Take care. Well, more fun now that you showed up. Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, T, there's one thing that you said that I, I wanted to pick up on, which is, um, oh, fuck. Now I completely forgot it. Like, I had it for a second. Wait, 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 wait you, while you're thinking it, I'll just make a, a quick announcement. Oh, so there's some people yeah. not signed in. Uh, take the time, if you're watching anonymously on desktop, to just log in. It helps with the metrics. So, yeah, so Waku's trying to remember his point. Uh, for the 34 people who are watching anonymously, it doesn't cost any money. It only takes a second. Just um, listen, log you in fucking, or hit the sign listen, you, listen, <laughs> listen, you fucking freeloaders, okay? You, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bully you because we, we say this all the time in the show. Maybe you haven't heard it before, and that's fine. I'm going to bully you anyway, all right? So the way that the metrics for this app works is that if you are logged in and uh, you are in the audience queue under your account name, then it actually counts for our metrics. However, if you are if you don't have an account and you're listening yet not logged in, it doesn't count. So the problem is, uh, just like people will say on the YouTube algorithm, hey, if you like us, please support us by smashing that like button. And if it so behooves you, 
uh, please also go ahead and subscribe because it helps us with the algorithm. Very same thing that we will say. Doesn't cost you anything to make an account for Colin. Like there's no fee for it. Uh, but it does help us tremendously if you do create an account and then log into that account and listen to the show while logged in because that's the only way that they can uh, they, they can determine that our show is worth listening to. Sorry, go ahead, T. It, if Captain Candy was to remake New Hope, I bet you C3PO <laughs> and R2D2 would be gay. They would be like open. Isn't C3PO queer coded? Uh, yeah, I, I think that, it's pretty cool. But, 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 but yeah. these people, but these people had to make all subtext into text. So I, I thought I believe it's queer coded, but they would just make it very uh, explicit. Like I'm queer. You know, you would say that at some point in the in the thing. Uh, so did you remember your? No, thought, I, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's, I don't think that's actually true because uh, one thing that Disney is known for is yeah, Disney is very well known for um, trying to like claim all of the the gay. Uh, like claim all of the gay credits because they've sh- like they've effectively shown that a character could possibly be gay. Like they do gay baiting and they want credit for it. Uh, th- that is true, but a lot of these smaller, more activist wings in Disney have been actively fighting. So like Pixar and some of the uh, smaller camps, like uh, I think Captain Candy's camp has been trying to, they try to get more um, activists, but Disney will then uh, pull it back. They would, they will make them um, take it out. So Pixar did an open letter recently about complaining mm. about how they want to infuse more explicit gayness into um, the recent Lightyear movie, and and they. Oh they open, right, right, right. Yeah, they wasn't it oh, just they, like they, one they, kiss or something that like made everybody um, ballistic? Uh, yeah, but but the people want to do more, and they actually uh, wrote an open letter to Pixar people, like these employee activists. Uh, in, including like someone who was rumored to be next in line to become CEO, uh, and uh, he got fired like, like the next the next week. So uh, good, but 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 yeah, but they uh, so so yeah, I agree with you. Disney would definitely put a kibosh on it, but I feel like if they gave Kathleen Candy or, or, and her camp a free reign, they would definitely put put T three PO and R two D two as a gay married couple. Uh, All right, hey, Gabby, Sorry, give me a man. Go ahead, yeah, yeah. We've been waiting very patiently. Sorry about that. Nah, it's it's cool. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you sound pretty crystal clear. All right, All right cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, just calling in, man. You know, uh, thanks for having me on. Just wanted to say, you know, uh, regarding the show, um, you know, I I didn't, I you know, I, we finished it. Obviously, it's been done now for a couple of weeks now. Um, I I just want to say they really did not care about the canon. I don't know if y'all talked about that, but like. There's some for me. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm missing oh, that's a, something. That's a given. It makes no sense. Like, yeah, it just no, makes... like I, I talked about like the the you know like how they completely screwed up the power scaling to the point now where a new hope at this point would make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Right, right, right. But, 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 but yeah, but like the just... plot. Like, like, like. How does she not? I want to act like she doesn't know Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm, I'm, so, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you. I'm sorry to cut you off, Gammy. I'm going to say this real quick, right? But they tried to fix it by having him say. At the end, uh, also, it might get us in trouble later. So keep our friendship a secret, you know. But here's here's why it doesn't make sense, right? The reason why they said that is because in A New Hope, the classic message from Leia to Obi Wan is, um, Obi Wan, you served my father loyally in the Clone Wars, 
right, I right. ask you to help me. And they had him put that line there about keep it secret that we're friends because it might cause trouble later to explain why when she gives that message to Obi-Wan, she doesn't mention knowing him. But here's the problem with that idea. At the point where you're explicitly releasing a message that says, hey, please help me do mutiny. At what point it does, does it matter to it protect yourself? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is it going to be like if, if Darth Vader found that message? Well, you didn't mention Obi-Wan, so I'm guessing this is a mutiny. <laughs> like she's, she's blatantly giving a message that will get her killed if it's caught. So what is the point of trying to hide uh, knowing uh, Obi-Wan? It's the it, stupidest it thing. Just, and, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, no I'm just yeah, I'm just saying, it just goes to just, like, how much they just don't care. Like you said, IQ said, like, they just don't respect the material. And it's just, it's, it's so blatant because it's like, he doesn't even, I, I thought, I thought the whole time they're going to, like, have him, like, erase her memory. I, I just, That's what I thought something with the poor. Like, they're just going to, yeah. they're going to erase him somehow and she's not going to remember any of this. He'll remember her and, you know, he cares about her. And, I, and I'm like, okay, well, that kind of, I can see how that works. But they don't even, like, bother, like, even trying to do that. It's like, no, no, you're going to remember this. And 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 it's like they, they show everything. And I guess, like you said, they just want to have Leia in us in this series to such a hard degree where it was like she just her and Reva had to be like that plastered over a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like they had her. They even, they even had a series about Obi-Wan Kenobi is a thing. He did not right. play a main character in his own show. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I, they, I, 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 I surprised they didn't try to have uh Leia and Reva have a final fight. Like, like she, 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 yeah. like she, she knocks down Obi Wan, uh, Reva, and then uh, Leia picks with the sword, and suddenly they're having like a knockdown, uh, Revenge of the Sith super fight with the CGI. Oh, I Leia mean, I would believe it. I mean, the way, <laughs> yeah, I mean the way, yeah, I mean she could do it, right? She can do anything. Like they have her, they had her throughout this series, and it's weird because she, because she could recognize so much things, you know, with the with technology, but she couldn't realize her own droid was taken over, you know, and that, that took a very long time for her to realize. <laughs> you know what's funny so, with that, too? That was so then, stupid, right? When when Reva took over the droid, this is what I mean by these people have to make all subtext into text or everything, like, overt. Because, like, the blue lightsabers are good and the bad lightsabers are red or whatever, the droid goes from having blue eyes to, to blatantly eyes. flashing red eyes and right. she can't notice but also why logistically like I get you thought it would look cool even though it ended up being cartoonish like, to make the have evil eyes right like why would if you want to secretly if you want to secretly um plant a spy droid take over this technology yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah why would I make it eyes flash red it's like hey you have this uh robot you know that um I want to hack uh, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an evil villain mustache that it could twirl. Uh, but why right, right. notice it? But right, right. Okay, evil, okay but hold on. Look. I'm gonna give you. No, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that even just a little bit of leeway. I'll give it and say that. Okay, so at the end of that, uh, what was it? Episode four or five? I forget which. But like at the end of the episode, when the like we got from the audience that the robot has now is now under the control of Riva, right? Even if it give just like a brief flicker of red and then went back to blue that yes, would have exactly. given us all that we need but because they're so ham-fisted and they can't actually tell a story without beating <laughs> you over the head with all the other men they didn't even think of that yeah Everything yeah this, this made it flow consistently red no it's it's, it's weird it's, it's so weird how they just 
frame all that. I mean, they did everything with like Leia down to like a T. I mean, they even show you how she got the gun holster at at ten years old. It's like they show her putting on a gun holster at the end. It's like we don't need to know how she gets a gun holster. And, and, like and not everything, it, it, not everything needs an origin. Like it's just a gun holster. Yeah, she, she's in the a gun fight. holster needs an origin. Yeah, like like we didn't know. Like, like, we didn't know in A New Hope that, you know, you know how she's got these, you know, a gun holster or a blaster because she has a blaster because she's in a war and there's a battle. Like, we, we know she's going to have these things, you know, but like, this, it's like they just like, don't you love all this, this origin story, you know, about this thing? They they do it with her. I mean, like you said, they do it the opposite with Luke. I mean, in the can- look, canon, look, I mean. Nigga, listen, listen, nigga. Right. <laughs> You they, you are going to take these Easter eggs and you're going to shove them in your fucking face and you're going to tell me you love me for it, all right? That's, if you don't do that, then you were misogynist. Like like when they had Reva chasing Luke, I, I I don't know does she does he see the lightsaber? I'm pretty sure he sees a lightsaber, right? Because I'm because my thing is Obi Obi Wan teaches him in a New Hope what a lightsaber is. Like yeah yeah, I, I think I think I, they had to be unconscious when she put the lightsaber so he couldn't. See it. Okay. I was surprised they even remembered to do that. Uh, something else that makes no sense too is why does she now not care when Obi Wan dies in New Hope? But but, but here's, here's my fear: they're not done yet. They're gonna because they're trying to fit in everything in every single gap of the series. Like like you know how to put Rogue One in between um, part three and part four. Right. They're gonna have they're gonna have a CGI Leia series where you're gonna see all the parts where she was crying and talking to Obi Wan. That we didn't see. It's gonna, it's gonna be a series that runs uh, alongside New Hope. I bet you what's gonna happen. Necromancy in the movie somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's gonna be like when uh, Luke's not looking, it's gonna be like Obi Wan. I never see you again. Uh, I, I miss you so much, Leia. But quick, Luke's coming back in the room. Don't don't, don't say anything. It's, it's, it's important that we keep this quiet. Just bring up the corpse of Carrie hey, yo, Fisher. You don't like this. Listen, I have I have just uh, come up with a new man-made nightmare behind your comprehension or beyond your comprehension oh okay oh the star wars uh original trilogy the kathleen kennedy cut oh you know how oh, hell yeah the, hell yeah you know how let's do like it the, re- the remake in the in the late 90s early 2000s and it was with so basically like george lucas updated the original trilogy with like new cgi and this is why everyone was so pissed off that greedo shot first because he updated you know, the, the confrontation between Han Solo and Greedo so that instead of Han shooting first, Greedo shot first. Remember that? No, no, yeah. No. This is, yeah. We all have some shit now. We on, we on Kathleen Kennedy releasing a new cut. They will uh, have, like, yeah. they'll throw, they throw little messages, like when uh, when when Darth Vader um, kills, kills Obi-Wan and he disappears, uh, you know, uh, someone will be like, just like a privileged white man, just disappears, but it's getting tough. You know, they'll throw in a little, little, stuff, little stuff in there. And, and, and Luke, instead of seeing Obi-Wan's Force Ghost, okay, he sees Princess Leia's Force Ghost. Wait a second, she's not dead. It doesn't matter. He's a master of the Force. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so weird. I just I just want to say, like, um, and, you know, this last thing on it. I mean, for me, that the Reaver character, I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I mean, she... I, the thing about trauma is like I, I saw you bring this up to you about how they're using trauma and and I and I just saw I saw you Q you brought up WandaVision. I just saw that. Like I never really watched it. You know, I I, 
I saw that, and I, you know, I got Disney Plus, and I saw uh, Doctor Strange too after that. And it's weird how they—they're—they're really. You're right. They're framing these things around how these characters just—they—they—they they, they do really bad things, but Bro, you know, they're trauma. Okay, in one division, she had to say goodbye to Vision for the second time. Right now, the children. In one division, she knew the children for all of what, like a couple of weeks tops. Yeah. Now, granted, may, maybe she's always wanted children, but for years she wanted Vision. Okay, and so she had to, she had to basically kill Vision a second time. But in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse, they don't even bring Vision up. So if you're not no. somebody who kept up with one division, like you did, let's say you don't have Disney Plus, okay, and you're leaping straight from. Uh, you're leaping straight from the Avengers Endgame to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You have no fucking clue about these. You have things. no clue because it's yeah. so tied to it. It's all. It's all. And, it's all and, that and important. Grief, all the grief that she's experiencing is about these kids that you didn't even know she had in the first place, and no mention of Vision whatsoever. It would make no sense, and that's why I say a movie should be internally. In, it should be internally consistent on its own. At the point where you have to do all this extra homework to figure out how the movie makes fucking sense, it's no longer entertainment. Uh, I had given up. I had given up on the MCU personally, right? I just didn't really want to watch any of the movies or anything. Oh oh no! Uh, uh, But 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 something. I'm actually I'm deliberately keeping up, and I'll tell you why. I I feel like I've 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 descended to your levels of ferality in consuming content (laughs) that I absolutely hate, and I'll tell you why. It's because (laughs) the no the the it's a drug. It's a drug. It is. It is the Marvel comics, and the thing is, it, it actually in a way it comforts me to see how much people hate this new phase of Marvel because it reminds me of how much I hated it um, around 2016. 2000, I would say 2011 to 2016 was just the absolute pits, especially yeah. when they had to end up killing off the Ultimate Universe and merging it into the 616 universe because they tried all of these things and tried to do legacy characters in the Marvel universe and it didn't work. And it was a bunch of stuff that nobody wanted and none of the stories made sense thematically. So in order to like wrap up all the loose ends and get rid of all the, like the mishmash of like convoluted and unpopular characters, they, they basically had to do the crisis of infinite earths. And, uh, and now with, with phase four, all of the garbage that made up that particular, it's aimless. Yeah, that particular age of Marvel Comics, now all of the MCU fans are experiencing that in real time. And the fact that they hate it so much kind of validates me like, oh, yeah, I had a good reason to hate that shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, that, it's that, that era yeah, that era that they're trying to do is in comics was called the all-new, all-different era. And they debuted all these um, characters that flopped. But you don't understand about these people. And, and Gamby, you could, you could weigh in and tell me what you think about this. They are like creative cockroaches and that they will always survive. I don't understand how these people <laughs> and their characters can keep getting wiped out and they keep how popping up. How is Miss Marvel and, still around? Yeah, and the people who create Miss Marvel and whatever are getting promoted into writing for the shows and the movies. Like, like okay, I, the, movie, the movies killed it and made a billion dollars. The comics shit the bed. But somehow, the people in charge of the movies have recruited people who just shit the bed in the comics to take over the movies. And I'm like, okay, this I, makes no I sense. Think it's just a, I think it's just the same kind of influence you talk about, though. See, it's like they, like a lot of these people, like 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 the Elizabeth Warren type of people who came over and convinced you that they could they could run her campaign and get her the votes that she wanted. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, 
like Miss Marvel. Like I, I've seen a little bit of Miss Marvel, and and I've seen, and I'm like, all right, I see the type of people that would like this show. I, I guess you know, and it's like, you know, you know, you can. It, they do. They do. I, I've seen a little bit of Miss Marvel. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's it does have its, you know, first Muslim superhero. I'm not familiar with it so well. So it's like, you know, I, I guess that works for people you know to say that, that say. They're, they're using a lot of culture in it as well. Like they're going for a lot of no, culture. No, Miss Marvel is not the first Muslim. You know who is the first Muslim superhero? Okay, was dust. And her power was control over sand. It was the most racist shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I feel like, like what they uh, do, like, uh, like, uh, like, like Mbaku, Man Ape, in Black Panther. Like, I want that character to be in the MCU so badly. He is, but but they don't call him. No, 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 no. I, I know, I know, I know, I know that Man Ape was in the MCU. What I'm saying is, I want the Dust character to be in the MCU. I want them to oh, work together. Oh, yeah, I yeah, so badly yeah. want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, they, no, I was just saying. No, I was just saying. As far as what's going on, like I've seen a, a good bit of the Phase Four. I haven't seen everything. I haven't seen Moon Knight or a lot of the TV shows. I've watched some of the movies, and it's like they're really aimless now. Like they don't really like everything. I saw the Eternals. That was like a slog. It was. It's. It, it, I don't know. Dog, there was. Dog, I'm, like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sign you homework. I, I'm gonna tell you, uh, Gamby. You have to go and watch Moon Knight because there's one line that is uttered in Moon Knight that made me jump out of my seat and cheer not because i loved it but because i hated it so much that i know other people are gonna i know other people had to have suffered when it happened which was when a character in moon knight while they're in like the in the series finale there's a moon knight and another character or a couple of characters are in egypt and then so like the egyptian superhero character um saves some people that had just like uh their car was flipped over by an evil character so uh, the the Egyptian hero character rips the door off of the uh, the car, and then the kids inside are like, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" And the Egyptian superhero character says, "Yes." And I was like, "Oh my oh, god, this is amazing. oh man!" Everybody has to experience this. No, oh, it's so it's terrible. It, and and here's the thing: they got a line in Miss Marvel. I saw. I like I said, I've only, I've only watched a couple, but there's one line in Miss Marvel. Where it's got like uh uh the the two black for those oh no it's not too black she's I think she's uh uh Indian and it was like she's too ethnic for one side and I'm too white for the other white side the, I saw oh that God. and they I do one of those type line. of lines and I'm like these are the type of people that that this is resonates with right like they write about this type of stuff in their articles and their experiences you know like want, uh they got I want there to be yeah, I want there to be no there's gonna be a superhero um I don't know what they're I don't know what they're oh yeah 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 no. It's a superhero, and the superhero's name is going to be Durian, okay? Um, this is relevant. The Dur- the superhero whose name is Durian, their superpower is to bring a lunch into work that is so stinky and knocks out all the toxic males. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what they're going for now, and that's how, that's how, that's how this stuff is getting made. Um, at least with the Star Wars stuff, it's bad in kind of like a batshit, infuriating way that it's kind of fun to watch. I kind of had fun watching Kenobi. Because stuff would happen that it would be like yelling at the screen, but uh, some of this new Marvel stuff is just bad but dull. Like 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 uh, I was trying to watch the Miss Marvel show, right? And I was like, this is too dull for me to even tell if it's bad. Like I watched the first episode, and it took me like two or three tries to get through the first episode. 
And I was like, oh, uh, Q and I are going to do a show on it. I mean, if, if people demand it, I might still do a show. Yeah, it does it. feel like it, it, it's very obviously a kid show. So it does kind of feel like beating up, beating up on like She-Ra. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but see, he, he's part of the problem for me, right? When I was watching it too, I'm like, this feels so kiddy that I feel like, you know, bad at my age, maybe bashing it. Because maybe, because when you're, I was a kid, I, I, I watched bad stuff. But then here's what I thought about. And this is what I mean. That's going to be a problem. I found out later that they're going to make a the sequel to the to the Captain Marvel movie is going to be called The Marvels. And what they're going yeah. to do is they're going to, yeah. they're going to combine Miss Marvel, and they're going to combine um, the black Captain the Marvel. black character Captain Marvel from um, WandaVision, the, the one played by um, Tayona Paris. So I'm like, okay. Oh. Even, and oh, all boy. three, of them, all three of them, it's gonna be intersectional. It's gonna be a black, a Muslim, and a white. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, Brie hey. Larson. That's that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I I can't wait to see what 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 the what what the oh, what YouTube is gonna look like. To, YouTube's gonna be. <laughs> oh oh oh, they gotta, oh, oh. So they gotta get they gotta get um rescue. You know, like uh, Pepper Potts's character when she has the Iron Man armor on. So they gotta bring oh, in yeah, rescue. Oh yeah, put her in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so scene, like, that scene feels like it's aged so bad so fast, oh, that part with, in, uh, in the end game. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the beginning of the end. But but the thing with the whole Marvel that movie was, is no, like, that okay. was, No, 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 no. That was another scene. Listen, you ever see a moment in a movie, especially like superhero film, and you can always pick these out now. Like I've, I've gotten to a point where like my instincts are razor sharp. And when I see a particular scene in a movie, I'm like, I'm going to get so much good YouTube content out of this shit. Like I'm just looking for. Oh, oh yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. When that movie comes out, like 15 YouTubers are gonna be able to retire because oh, the amount of clips fucking... that will be happening on YouTube, <laughs> 15 will just, will, just, will just disappear. You'll never see them again. They will live on a boat in the in the, in the middle of uh, in, 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 in Dubai. But 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 listen to this. Listen, to dude. This, right? Ethan, um, Ethan, uh, Ethan Van Syver. Right? Ethan Van Syver is gonna just so hard he can shoot a hole through a clay pigeon. He will buy. He will buy Marvel comics from the money that he makes uh, <laughs> off of that. But 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 check check this out, right? I was thinking once. Um, Miss Marvel is a very kiddie type of movie. I felt like at my age, I shouldn't be bashing it. You let it live. But now you're telling me that this movie is going to end up mattering to the MCU, which is and she's going to be in an adult movie. So now you're telling the fans of the MCU. Who are growing up are going to watch the Marvels. Now they need show. to watch this thing. Yeah. To to uh, so, so now they kind of made this important. So it kind of made me no, consider. Maybe... That's that's actually amazing. In a way, in a way, like the um, here's how they in a way that they've actually checkmated the critic ahead of time. Because now what they've done is say you have to watch this show, but if you critique it, you are racist, misogynist, and also it's a kid show. How dare you? Exactly. What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's what the, and that's what they did with uh with Thor that just came out. I saw I saw one of the the articles say like it's it's for kids and stuff because I you know and, and stuff like that. So it's like they're no, doing stuff like that. And and Brie Larson no. and Brie Larson again the person who says that she said off she said the internet off star like with a lot of reactionaries when she did that with the wheel uh, was it a wrinkle in time or something like that? Which I don't I don't think she made like a a, a wrong point, but it's like that's like right. It's just it's just it's so. Right in sync, like yeah, like you you can you can take it and kind of bastardize the point that she kind of made about critics, you know, about about certain things and and then having diversity of critics and stuff, and just make it like and just make it to Disney's favorite or where you can't criticize anything almost in a way. 
but no, okay, but, but so here's, he, 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 one quick thing. Here's yeah. another reason why I just found out that Miss Marvel is going to be super important. And now you're forced to watch this kind of kiddie show. Uh, they just revealed in the last episode I read somewhere. Um, I read this article that said that they revealed she is a mutant. So now she's officially the first. What? Mutant. Who is a mutant? Yes. Miss Marvel? Yes, they revealed in the last God. episode supposedly that she's what? a mutant. So now she's super important because she's going to be probably. The key the through to line the, for the X Men. Yeah, the through so line for bringing yeah, the X Men. Yeah, now she's yeah she's now the the connective tissue between the Fox X Men universe and the and the MC as wow. not as MC, they already have been. I mean, they already did kind of you know begin to do that by bringing Patrick Stewart in as as you know Ultimate Universe Professor X, but now they're making it explicit. Jesus Lord! <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, honestly, I just want to say I don't think they really know. Because they they're supposed to be building to something, I ain't gonna lie. I do not know what they're building oh, to, and it, that, oh. I don't think. There I don't think recent, it. There was a recent I interview did. where they said they said what it is, um, and it, it's really bad. Um, that interview with like, well, this is one of the things. Did you notice Kevin Feige is kind of not as in the forefront anymore? He has this um a couple of people who have kind of been elevated. Um, one of them is a woman, and one of them is a young guy. And these guys, I think, are the ones who are kind of the Kathleen Kennedys of Marvel. They're the ones who are kind of this guy and this uh, woman. Her her name is escaping me. She, she, I think it's Victoria Alonso is the woman. And I forget the guy's name. And they're the ones who are kind of stinking it up with social justice. Because in all the interviews, they always talk about this stuff. And I think Feige's kind of like, hey, I'm the white guy. I'm going to let them take over. <laughs> And 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 this and this is what's what's interesting. To, they spoke to the guy after Thor: Love and Thunder, and they said, um, "So what's this Phase Four about?" A lot of people are saying they don't understand. He goes, "Phase Four is about trauma and accountability," and that's what he wow. said. And when he yeah, said I was it, he, I was gonna wow. I was gonna say yeah yeah dog. So 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 we've gone from Thanos to 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 Tumblr. The, uh, Tumblr is the final frontier now. Uh, the one. But here's the Tumblr failed. But no, 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 no. Tumblr failed, but Tumblr eradicated a whole generation. It's really the strongest villain. You, it's going to be the one thing that's going to kill. Thanos couldn't kill the MCU, but Tumblr is going to be the one thing that killed, killed this billion dollar juggernaut. <laughs> it's, it's the, yeah, Tumblr I mean, killed, right? Tumblr killed Yahoo. Tumblr has killed a lot of Tumblr, is, Oh, threat. yeah. Tumblr is like is a it, fourth it, wall breaking, like, strain of, like, it's a psychological virus that is just. You know what it's like? It's like it ruined uh, Twitter. It ruined Twitter. Yeah, no, well, it's yeah, the biggest threat. This is the biggest threat the Marvel Universe has ever Trump, failed, has ever, has ever faced. I don't know if you've seen. I don't Tumblr know if you've seen Evangelion. If you've seen Evangelion, you know yeah. that like okay, so you know about like the LCL pool that everybody sort of like merges into at the end of Evangelion, right? But what right. I'm saying is that like Tumblr and Tumblr psychopathy is like the LCL that we are all we're all going to merge into a singular <laughs> group that is Tumblr by the time this is all over. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a new singularity. I mean, it ruined Twitter, it ruined it's, like discourse. It, uh, Tumblr ethos, uh, Tumblr morals have infected all entertainment now. I'm sorry, it's go over, on. It, it, it's overrepresented on on a, on a um, Champagne Sharks Twitter bingo card and I'm and I'm looking at like you see trauma and accountability. I feel like yeah, those are words that Totally are on the the Champagne Sharks bingo card at this point, so it's like yeah yeah, yeah. our bingo card has Tumblr and it has trauma and accountability on it. It's, it's, it's so hilarious. I just cannot believe that because though I will say this, 
I, I, I read a lot of stuff about, you know, pop culture from various sites, you know, just about watching things like, you know, TV shows, what's popular. And a lot of these things nowadays talk about trauma in any like I'm and I'm not talking about trauma, whether or not it's ever existed in TV shows and stories. But it seems like that's it's so it's so overt in how they talk about it. It's like, oh, the trauma of this character, the trauma of that character. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but like it's more than that. There's a lot more about how trauma hasn't how how, they, how people are battling through trauma, but it's also the character and the conflicts as well. But it's like it's like the trauma is like the end all be all of everything about that person, you know. Can I just, and that's what I, makes yeah. it interesting. There, here's the thing: is that like, um, you know, I really hope that uh, I really hope that my boy um, Daniel Mate hears this episode because he knows exactly what I'm talking about when I say this, right? So, in any traumatic event, there is the thing that happened, and then there's what you make it mean. Right. So the thing that happened is completely outside of your control. So when a traumatic event happens to you, like you can't blame yourself for that traumatic event because you probably were not intending to put yourself through trauma. Even if there is some responsibility that you bear, you probably were not expecting that outcome. Right. So it's a thing that happens. It's it's outside of your control. But then there's what you make it mean. So like the not just the effect the trauma has on you, but also like how you continue on with the rest of your life is it, it springs out of what you make the trauma mean. And the problem with this Tumblr logic, which has now infected everything, is that they collapse what happened with what you make it mean to the extent that what you've made the trauma mean over, like it overpowers what actually happens. So you're, the meaning that you impart onto that trauma not only identifies you as a person and not only identifies the event that happened, but also like it also uh, identifies the entire world around you. So the whole world, has to be shaped around your traumatic event. And like I was saying earlier uh, in this conversation, that's an incredibly shitty lesson to teach to people because you can take that logic and uh, overlap it with any historical atrocity that's ever happened. And it's the exact same reasoning that's used. So like, if you want to talk about like, say like the Franco-Prussian War or Napoleon's Conquest, you can gotcha. take that to anywhere from the American Revolution to uh, the War of 1812. Any major historical event, but also the atrocities thereof, you, you've basically taken that exact same logic and overlapped it. Yeah. Uh, for, t- t- totally. Um, yeah. I'm going to end it with uh, this real real quick. Um, just let you know. There's, so um, the guy's name is Richie Palmer. And he's Marvel Studios production production and development head, and he appeared on a podcast called Empire Podcast. Uh, Empire is one of those um, industry magazines that kind of shill, that kind of shills a lot. And he explained that Phase Four has all been a quote unquote reaction to the events of Endgame, and the characters are all still grieving and dealing with loss and consequences, and it's all about trauma and accountability. And this is a quote: Phase Four is all a reaction. I don't mean on our part as filmmakers, I mean the characters. It's a reaction to the trauma of Avengers Affinity War and Endgame. We're still feeling those effects in, uh, in the movies the years after. And he gave uh, examples. So he says, like, um, it's something we spoke to Elizabeth Olsen about every step of the way, that for her, Wanda's full journey is leading to a moment of accountability. And we think she's gotten there. And then... Um, okay, sure. P- 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 Peter, P- Peter Parker... Uh, his his movie was all about trauma, and you know he loses his aunt, and 
he has to have accountability and you know so the whole thing is super depressing like we're, we're, like when he runs down the list and the, all the examples you start realizing wow when you actually list it all it's super fucking depressing like uh he, he mentions uh the bucking with the soldier and the morning steve rogers and that's about trauma and and he goes like piece by piece and when he said it, i'm like okay so i guess everyone said there's not a theme because they were looking for a villain but now i see now that he's talking about it it's actually worse than having no idea like this is they do have an idea it's just a really really um bad and boring one you know uh, this is i'll tell you why this is so bad because i actually did like spider-man no way home i i, I did i did i did enjoy it but yeah the lesson did, wasn't but... it wasn't the lesson wasn't spider-man experiences trauma the lesson is Peter Parker begins to take responsibility for his identity as Spider-Man because he can't, on the one hand, live a normal person's life and then be free of all the consequences. On the And on the other hand, be the superhero Spider-Man. He has to really choose which one he's more dedicated to. And sometimes like being a hero and doing the right thing involves personal sacrifice. So I think that was a really good message. I was actually surprised at how poignant that message was in that film, given that its predecessors didn't have anything remotely close to that level of like emotional gravity. But to reduce that all and just say, hey, it's about trauma, like, no, fuck you. Because again, it's what do you make the trauma mean? What Peter Parker makes the trauma mean is that he has to begin taking responsibility for the mantle that he's taken on with great, right. Right, and, great and, responsibility. And, and, they never actually said it what, in the movie, but he learned. I think it. what helped I think what yeah. helped them is that Sony actually did the heavy lifting in that movie. Uh it's Fair a joint enough, yeah. venture, but Sony does it, and that's probably why if they had to do it, it would have probably <laughs> been way worse, sadly. Uh, I'm yes. done personally, yeah. but I'll let, I'll let either of you get your final words in before we end, end the show. Oh, no, no. That's, I mean, I feel like I've said too much. I mean, you couldn't even get like three or four sentences. This is, this is your fault, actually, because when we don't do a show for a few weeks, <laughs> you know, and I have like so many takes to get out, I mean, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm just like a I'm like Mount Vesuvius about to blow here, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm going to make a final request that, uh, you know, everybody who's, who's watching the show, if you enjoyed what you heard, um, please, uh, you know, log into the call on app, make an account so that when you come back next time, you know, it does count for audience metrics because that's how uh, Colin knows that we're doing a good job. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you again on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll be back at it on Sunday, back on the regular schedule. And uh, yeah, thanks to the callers who um, called in, and 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 more of y'all calling next time. Uh, we had a recent show where a lot of people called in, and today you guys are back to being quiet again. <laughs> so uh, I think it's also because yeah. like we were like we were monologuing our way all the way through. This. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I do kind of feel like we're saying stuff that the audience was wanting to say as well. But uh, no, this is this is great. It's it's, it's good to connect with you again. I, I kind of miss our conversations. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So like I'm making a Listen, list. Listen, man, of, if uh, I'm not tell- if I'm not like getting all of my pop culture takes out in this show, then my wife has to hear them. Okay. And we, we don't <laughs> even enjoy watching movies anymore. So please, like let's be yeah. on a regular schedule. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We'll be back on it on Sunday. And yeah, everyone, thanks for um listening. Follow the people on stage, follow each other, communicate with the, with with each other and stuff. And uh yeah, be good. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. All right, see ya.